Welcome to Slightly Biased Sports, an unfiltered sports podcast that's unlike any you've listened to before. They speak the truth and aren't afraid to hurt some feelings. Now, from the backwoods of Arkansas, here's your hosts, Tyler and Dakota. Ready, ready. Welcome to Slightly Biased Sports. What up, bitches? I'm Dakota. And it's Tyler. And I need that water behind you. Roger that. There you go. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. We're listening. We're a day late today. Had some, some, uh, what do they call it? I don't know. Some fucking crazy. It's supposed to be crazy. Yeah, inclement. That's the word. Knew it. We're supposed to have some, some shitty weather. Uh, it did get really cold. It did look like it was going to get really shitty there for a bit. Fayetteville, Fayetteville got shitty. It didn't get do nothing here in Bentonville. Um, yeah, by the time I got to 412, it was just nothing. So we decided to push it over because we knew our recording were, would roll late into the night. Dakota might get stuck with some shit weather because he drove the car. Yep. So he might get stuck in some real shit on his way home. Those of y'all who go to Pea Ridge frequently, you know the hills, you know the roads. It ain't a place you want to be in shit weather. No, not in a car. So... We pushed it back a day. We're here a day late. We apologize for that. Thank you all for coming into it. It is uh, always cool to ask why there's no show. Yeah, it is. Like, it means you were looking forward to it and you planned to listen to it, and we let you down. We apologize, but here we are. We're here. Surprise. And we got some cool shit for y'all today, too. That's good stuff. We got an interview with a former University of Arkansas offensive lineman, Mm -hmm. Bray Cook. Current head coach of the Pea Ridge Blackhawks football team. That hits home to us. Shout out. Shout out to Pea Ridge. Uh... It would appear P. Ridge has their guy. This interview was fucking awesome. Dude I like, is, I like that dude. Dude is so fucking cool. It was it was a cool interview for the connection between Arkansas and P. Ridge. Absolutely. I like that dude. Yeah, that dude is actually a genuinely awesome dude. People talk about Pittman and him wanting to be there and everybody wanting to play for him. Very similar vibes with Bray. All y'all on Twitter saw Bray Cook post up that picture with Sam Pittman and Kendall Browse the other day. We asked him about that. We asked him about his days in Arkansas. We asked him about... You know, we, we wanted to get to know Bray Cook. He's the head coach of our P. Ridge Blackhawks, boys. Absolutely. Um, he was the number one number one ranked lineman out of... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Number one ranked recruit out of the state of Arkansas. Uh, a top 150 recruit. Number six overall offensive lineman. Dude was real deal. Straight out of Harbor and Springdale. 7A school. Me and Dakota went to a fucking 2A school. When we were in school, it was 2 fucking A. I think 7A is max. Done, it was like 4A. But that was yeah, big, when we finished, was it was 4A. Time. But we thought we were up there with the big dogs then. Oh, I forgot to fucking ask him about Shiloh. Mm, mm-hmm. Should have done that. That's a miss. But we're going we're gonna to talk about some Arkansas shit up front. And then we're going to put in the Bray Cook interview. Uh, any All Arkansas fans who are listening, you are going to fucking enjoy this. Any non-Arkansas fans, you're going to enjoy this interview. Yeah, this, any college football fan. For sure. This dude was super well-spoken, very, very smart individual. And a very large individual. Did yeah, he, not realize his size until he came onto the screen. He's a big old boy. I mean, he was a lineman. Yeah. About 6'5", about 320 big. <laughs> big old boy. Uh, so it's awesome. Even any non-Arkansas fans are still going to fucking love that interview. So Pretty good insight into the recruiting process. Oh, of yeah. Highly, of a highly touted individual. So that's that was cool. When you got a guy that's recruited by Arkansas, Alabama, Auburn, freaking you name it, he was recruited by everywhere he went, he got an offer. So... It, he's a big-time He was a big time recruit, big-time college player. Uh, you guys are really going to fucking love that interview. Greatly appreciate his time. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate got, the hell out of you. We got that. We got college basketball, specifically Arkansas. After the break, Cooks, when we'll be tying in actual, yeah. the actual overall sports world stuff that Dakota's about to talk right. about. So stick through through the break, Cook interview, and you'll hear 
regularly scheduled regularly scheduled program. Yes, we got Arkansas basketball to talk about. We got some unfortunate news in Arkansas baseball to talk about. Real bad. We got some transfers to talk about in Arkansas football and throughout the SEC. I have wrote down uh, the top eight programs. Any of the SEC schools, I wrote down who the transfers were. We got a list of transfers here, rankings for the SEC schools after the transfer, just the transfer portal rankings. So we've got all that stuff wrote down to talk about here. We'll have that too. Mm-hmm. We got a big UFC fight this weekend. That's I don't care up. about it. Oh, you should. Uh, it's the NFL playoffs. I don't give a fuck about nothing else. We got a lot of NFL stuff to talk about. A lot of what? NFL. NFL fucking L. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got so we got a treat for you. In this episode. It will be immediately after the break cook interview will be this treat. We enjoy shooting the shit. All all of the stuff that usually derails this show, accidentally we have decided to do on purpose. Yeah, we, we, we like to be a little... The whole thing about this show when we first started it was we wanted to do something different. We wanted it to be like a... Sit around the campfire, how it is whenever you sit around the campfire with your with your boys and just throw back some brews and just bullshit about sports. That's how we wanted this approach to be. That's the way, that's why you hear the, us laid back, chill, calm, talking about sports. We wanted a different approach than what you get from the ESPNs and all those other nonsense places. Bingo. So, we got something that's probably going to tickle y'all's fancies. <laughs> we got some funny shit to discuss right after the break, Cook. We got a list. You know what? Just a list of actresses or musicians, anybody from our childhood that, as Dakota says, <laughs> makes your front feel funny. <laughs> we're talking about those <laughs> celebrities that when you were a kid, you thought for some reason, I like that person and I don't know why. We're going to tell you. There is, who there is something going on something. in my britches <laughs> and I do not know why. So we'll get to that. So we got a list of our, our, I don't know what Dakota's list goes. Mine goes to 10 with an honorable mention. Well, so I, I struggled because there was a clear number one and then it, it kinda, I know who yours it is. I just know it. I don't know if you do. Really? Really. Interesting. It's be exciting. Interesting. I can't wait. We have not, we have no idea what's on each other's We have list. not looked at each other's notes, nothing whatsoever. So stick through as soon as the Bray Cook interview is over with, we will go straight into our top list of back when we were kids and teenagers, made us feel funny, funny on our fronts. Feels funny. Feel funny on my front. We got a funny <laughs> feeling front. That is a Reno 911 reference to anybody out there who wants to be like, what the fuck's wrong with these idiots? <laughs> it is from Reno 911. What's wrong with us is none of your concern. Yeah, don't fucking we, worry and about we, it. Well, and we don't really have time to get into it. What we do have time to get into is this interview with Bray Cook. So enjoy. All right. We are here today with former number one number one line recruit in the state of Arkansas. Um, number one overall player out of the state of Arkansas. Play for some respect. Oh, my bad. Put some uh, respect. Played for Arkansas, and he's made his way to small town USA. Uh, head coach for the Peerage Blackhawks, Bray Cook. What's going on, man? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, this, is a, this is a heck of a setup. I, I love doing uh, podcasts like this. Uh, Especially with guys uh, like you, I've heard a lot about both of y'all from a couple of mutual connections. So uh, I'm excited to get started. Uh-oh. Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess good things. Good things yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about starting from, I guess, the beginning of, of the whole sporting career. Obviously, mm-hmm. highly recruited coming into college, uh, chose Arkansas, chose good choice. Chose good right, choice for there. sure. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so in that process, obviously being with the, you know, the stature of your recruiting process, anybody else that you had serious consideration for going into college or any, any close second, anything like that? Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to have a great, uh, junior high and high school coaching staff that, uh, was able to kind of get me into these positions to be recruited. So, you know, none of these things wouldn't, wouldn't have happened without, without coaches like the ones that I had, which were the real deal. Um, uh, so very fortunate there. Um, when my recruiting process started, I guess I would have been, it would have been the spring of my sophomore year. Uh, University of Tulsa offered me, um, their, their O-line coach Herb Hand is now, uh, you know, he's been all over the country, been at Texas, been at um, Auburn, I believe now is UCF. Um, but he was my first offer going out of high school. Very fortunate to be able to do that out of a, a team camp that we went to is the Harbor Wildcats. Um, and then after that, it kind of just uh, snowballed, I guess, would be, would be the word. Um, I went to a camp over the summer that my offensive line coach took me to. Uh, we went to Oklahoma and to Auburn, I believe, and left both of those camps with offers. And after that, it was just kind of, you know, whatever coaches, you know, we, we talked to um, is assumed that there was an offer behind it, which is uh, at the time something that, you know, I didn't appreciate how wild and, and ridiculous that is. Um, but very fortunate to have a very exciting recruiting career, I guess, uh, coming out of high school. Um, but as far as a close second, I, I think I was, it was Oklahoma was, was where I was headed there for a long time. And I really liked the coaches like Norman, uh, loved uh, just the whole, you know, think about Oklahoma football. I went to the Battle of Bedlam with uh, them and OSU. And that game was really what kind of stepped me back from it. You know, this was the pinnacle football game for the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, it was an incredible atmosphere, incredible game, I believe, at the time. I think Toby Keith and Kings of Leon were on the sideline, which was Damn. those pretty wild, you know, situations to be in as a 16-year-old kid. Uh, but I didn't quite feel the love there that I felt at just a normal Arkansas game. And so when I went there, didn't kind of feel that intensity or that passion for it. I knew that Oklahoma wasn't the place for me and, and that Arkansas was was my home. Take that, Sooner fans out there. <laughs> Eric, Derek, if you're listening, eat that. <laughs> so cool connection there with Oklahoma coming to the SEC here pretty soon. What yeah. do you think, How do you think that's going to go for those Big 12 teams that are coming into the SEC? You know, it's, it's an interesting move on their part. I imagine money is, is a big drive behind it um, and really the only drive I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Lincoln Riley does agree with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, especially, you know, you got a whole new coaching staff situation at Oklahoma, uh, Texas, and the struggles that they've been through with, with, you know, the money and backing that they have really has been wild in itself. And so you look at them trying to join much – a much more intense schedule. Uh, I mean, good luck. I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> I, think it, I think it helps Arkansas. I think it'll be fun. Um, and, again, those are two powerhouse programs that uh, have a lot of – a huge fan base and a lot of followers, and it'll be fun to kind of watch them integrate to the, to the great SEC. Also, for all y'all listeners out there, what Bray just did is uh, – as they say, uh, you know, D.C. dip and twirl. He's going <laughs> to pretend like he didn't just win a high school championship and – you know, he's a pretend he wasn't six five and three hundred pounds walking into a room. Of course, he's gonna get a freaking offer. Come on, come on now. Don't be so. But uh, I think you guys were what uh, runner ups, or did you get to the semifinal your your following year after you won it all back at Harbor? Uh, at Harbor, yeah, yeah. We we won it my junior year. Uh, beat Southside down in Little Rock, mm -hmm. and then uh, our senior year, I believe, we lost to Bentonville at Bentonville in the semis. So. 
we, we had a great, I mean, we had some great players on that team. Uh, the, the class above mine was stacked. You got guys like Houston Pruitt, who's now a coach at Harbor. Yep. Um, we got Ryan Luther, who was in my class, our quarterback. John Blake um, was the center I played with, is now the DFO for the University of Arkansas men's basketball team. So it's been fun to, to watch some of these guys and, and their, their journeys, but very talented football team that year. So you something we're very, we thought we highly anticipated you saying, well, my, my second would be Alabama. Yeah. Sure. So sure. how how the heck was that sit down? Because I mean, I mean, come on. You look at Alabama, it's the Goliath. So it's like yep. how was their pitch? How was their approach? I know they were in a different place at that time, but they were still, you know, a top five team. How was oh, yeah. that? How's Nick Saban's approach and like how he talks with you? Like how is how is all that? Um, the, the biggest thing I remember from recruiting with Alabama was we went in, I went into his office. And he's got a button there on his desk and he just touches it and the giant, you know, massive door that you just walk through just slams closed. And it's, <laughs> it's the most intense situation. It's you, him, this door closes and, and it's on. So uh, it was an intense situation and intense you know, human being and Nick Saban. Um, but for Alabama, it just didn't feel right. It was one of those things that they've got all the flashing lights. You're going to win championships there. You're going to be successful. You're going to have a shot at going to the NFL, but, for me, it was playing for something that I loved, and that was that was Fayetteville. Um, but Alabama was up there. Obviously, it's hard for them not to be. Uh, there really is no reason not to go to the University of Alabama uh, as a recruit, especially you know when I was being recruited. Well, let's walk that back a little bit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> sure. no, absolutely. So, so you go to Arkansas, and did so? Did you know? that you wanted to be a coach was like something you always been interested in or did that just kind of happen? Uh, that just totally happened. Um, it was something where I came back um, after my like NFL career that lasted about seven days, went up there, got hurt, got spit back out, uh, which was incredible to say I was there and did it. But uh, I Is knew that what happened? you got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, got, uh, I had an injury, a lower back disc that uh, completely got you know destroyed, disintegrated basically. Um, so I had to come back, have surgery on that. I ended up uh, a couple months later tearing my patella tendon in a freak <laughs> accident that in the NFL, if it would have happened during a game or something, it would have been way worse. So um, found out pretty quickly it wasn't for me. Uh, but when I came back and I was doing my rehab uh, here at Arkansas, University of Arkansas, Coach Bielema offered me a coaching job. And um, he also offered me the chance to coach one of the summer camps. And that's really where I kind of fell in love with it. And then with that opportunity coming to be a graduate assistant, uh, I kind of knew this is what I wanted to do. So uh, Coach Bielema was really the one that pushed me this direction. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for it every day. Hell yeah. Absolutely. So our time, so there's a, we, the facilities that Pea Ridge has now, like that was always all of that in when we were in school was a little model in the gym that was, yeah. this is going to be next year, next year. And then we graduate and this, I mean, it's, like monument. It's colossal. It is. It is very impressive. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar you are with what the, the field looked like before that. The old pee bowl. I've, I've heard. I've heard. Stories. Yeah. What so, is it on? What's it on? Black Black yeah, Street Black now. There. You head on down to Black Street. Go. Go take a look at what that. Yeah. I, I've been meaning to. I need to go check it out. You got to. It, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so walking. I mean, you you come in to have a. Was you, was you start as a strength and conditioning coach or was it offensive line coach at P Ridge? Uh, it was both. Uh, so I came down, uh, Coach Williams uh, offered me the job to be the O-line coach, and then I would take over strength and conditioning. 
as my second sport. You know, most coaches are going to teach or coach two different sports. And uh, that would be my second sport obligation was strength and conditioning, which is a full time job, um, which is something I love to do as well. It's what I did at the D2 college I was at before. Um, so I was able to come down here, do that for a year. Um, I knew uh, eventually, you know, I'd love to, to take over and coach Williams footsteps and be able to lead a program like P Ridge It's kind of, in my opinion, the dream job, uh, which I can, we'll get to that in a second, but, um, it worked out to where, you know, he was able to, he had an opportunity to lead, to be an athletic director. Um, and so it happened a lot quicker than I anticipated, but I think it worked out how it was supposed to. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to be where we are. And like you said, the facilities at P Ridge right now are, 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 are top notch and they're, they're getting better. Um, we were actually about to um, talk to the school board about hopefully approving a plan for a, a new weight room, uh, which should be, if everything goes well, uh, hopefully done by June, uh, July of this year, uh, which is a huge deal. Um, they actually just finished last week in closing our weight room. That's on the second floor of that indoor. Um, so it's an unbelievable space. I mean, it is a strength coaches, you know, best type situation. It's awesome. So we're really excited to get the rest of this um, hopefully done. And, and it will really be a difference maker for our kids, not just our seniors, but our junior high kids, our seventh graders, any youth sports that we can work with to get in there. I mean, it's it's a complete game changer. Oh, yeah. I have a eight-year-old that just just started football this year, and he was, he was excited to play out there. And I was like, man, you have no idea. Like, I – <laughs> I went back and looked at games and stuff. Like what you're starting in is is insane. Looking back at what it was before, so it, it's awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. Our youth program, those guys do an unbelievable job. Uh, it's fun to go out there on Saturday mornings in the fall and put Friday night behind us and, and watch those kids get after it. Um, and that place is packed on Saturday mornings. It's really oh, cool. Yeah. It's a really cool deal. Yeah. Is there any? Uh, is there still any ritual or anything like? I, I don't know. Like for instance, back when we were, we played back. We weren't anything special or nothing, but like every Friday morning it, we would go to Blackhawk Grill. All the football players would go to Blackhawk Grill. We get a free milkshake, a free burger before every game, and then you do the walk down to the field. Is, that, is there anything like that still at B Ridge, like a little tradition that all the players do? Yeah, so um, one of the things that we do, and um, we had to kind of slow it down during the pandemic year, but uh, we were able to get back to it this last year, um, was that our moms and, uh, and dads cook our breakfast every game day morning. And they bring in our pregame meal. That's um, awesome. So, so we, our moms did an unbelievable job, and, and I cannot awesome. stress that enough. With every Friday morning was awesome to come into uh, just huge spreads of home cooked meals, and uh, the moms were there taking pictures of the kids. Their kids would show up. We, that, they'd get their jersey, get their food, and then we would take the seniors who had that first hour kind of off, and we'd go read to the elementary school. Oh, um, nice. so that was so that was our Friday morning ritual every Friday. Uh, we did one, do do all those three things, three things, and it was very special. It was very cool to see those kids pumped up about uh, being Blackhawks uh, in the future, and uh, our kids able to break bread with each other, and our moms able to be a part of it. So that to me was one of the best things about this last season was those meals that our parents brought with us. That's freaking awesome. Uh, I, I believe yeah. it. I think I heard more about getting to run out with a high school team this year than I did about any of the games yeah. I played in. So I'm pretty <laughs> about that. Yeah, good. That was also very cool to have those kids running out behind them. They were freaking pumped. It was awesome to watch them. They were, they'd be in the indoor and, you know, obviously they're excited and we got some guys trying to focus in for the game. Some guys trying to, you know, be loose and, and every player has their own pregame ritual. And then you got about 
30 to 40 youth sports kids just losing their minds. <laughs> it was a fun indoor situation for that hour before kickoff. Yeah. So you said something about, uh, you know, tra pregame traditions and, and rituals and stuff. When you were in college, did you have any? I didn't. Um, man, the only tradition I had, and it was, I don't know, stupid. I don't know why. I think uh, on a Friday night by my freshman year, I fell asleep to a Mumford & Sons like album on the flight. And so that became my uh, tradition. So on Fridays, nothing but Mumford & Sons. We're going to chill. We're going to tone it down. <laughs> and then Saturday, we let loose. But that still is, is, is true today. So if it's a Thursday night, I'm uh, Mumford & Sons only. I don't know no, why. I'm freaking away. Hey, hey. Uh, Traditions, rituals, superstitions, they're only done if they don't work. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not about to stop it now. Exactly. You had had, uh, you talked about. I'm burden signs. I can't get over it. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about uh, Bielema a little bit. You obviously had some great coaches in high school. What What do you think you took from those coaches that you had throughout your career that you use now? Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the, the first real memorable, you know, coaching advice that I got was by coach Matthews at Southwest. Um, and he looked at me and he said, you are sitting on a gold mine, treating it like a mine of 10. And at the time, like, what the heck does this mean? You know, whatever, walk out. And, and that's, that saying has stuck with me since I don't know what year I was in junior high. I mean, 2008, 2007, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but it meant so much to me. And the more I thought about it was, but I, I might have an ability or I might have a gift or I might have this support team. That could be the, the gold mine I'm sitting on. And if I'm not going to appreciate that and, and give my best effort with what I've been given, then, you know, what am I doing to the people around me? So uh, that's something that really stuck with me. And that's something I've told, told a couple of our players, like, Hey man, you have an incredible, you know, family supporting you. You have talent, but you're going to go waste it in the classroom by not paying attention or coming in with bad grades you're not going to be eligible next year, right? Are you going to do things in the weight room to skip reps when you've got these people pushing you and so many people on your team? Um, that, that to me is the best coaching advice I've ever received. Um, but behind, you know, with coach Matthews, coach Struving was my offensive line coach uh, at Harbor. I'm an unbelievable human being, great coach, but an incredible leader off the field. And that's what I took from him was, if you don't have your things in order off the field, you're not going to be successful on it unless you, you know, you're a freak NFL athlete, whatever. Right. You go around and have fun. But for the majority of all of them, everyone, you got to get your things in order before you can really excel, you know, how you're meant to. Um, so that was something I got from my high school coaches, uh, Coach Driven and Coach Wood. And then you go to – I played for uh, two years under Coach Petrino. Um, after that, I, I played for Coach Bielema for two years. Coach Sam Pittman was my offensive line coach there. Um, so very fortunate to get so many different um, coaching, just, uh, I guess, personalities. You know, they attack you with so many different angles, and I was able to sit down and, hey, this works, you know, with me. This doesn't work with me. Why isn't it working with me? Is that something I want to carry with me into my, my coaching career? Um, so able to have so many different role models, very fortunate. Um, after the University of Arkansas, I was at Memphis for one year with Mike Norvell. Um, the, the offensive line coach I worked with there, Ryan Silverfield, is now their head coach at Memphis. Um, so some incredible mentors in front of me. And uh, I think that's very special and very important to, to, to realize my career is what it is because of those guys. Damn. That's cool. You, so obviously, from a, from a fan perspective, people have their 
their opinions on differences between Petrino and Bielema from a player's perspective, getting to play for both of them. What was, what was some differences between them? Yeah. Um, now you look at coach Petrino and uh, maybe uh, his reputation is a little tougher coach. Um, sure. But won a lot of football games, you know? So, so there's, there's give and take there. Uh, well, what did he do? Well, what did he not do? Well, what were the things that, that I agreed with or didn't agree with? And at the time, you know, I was young, 17, able to soak it all in. Uh, and I really appreciated him and his coaches um, demand for perfection on the football field. You know, you look at the tiny little, tiny little details. That's one of our, you know, P Ridge would say take flight. And that L stands for the little details. And I got that from coach Petrino. You know, if you go up there and you don't know which step you need to step with or what that defense is about to do based on their alignment, um, then you're going to lose football games. So I appreciated their commitment to the time they put into game planning to film watching and, and teaching us. And so that was something that is, I think, crucial in football. And something yeah. that is hey, yeah, the same, yeah. same stuff and us with the military with attention to detail. You know what I mean? Every little thing. Exactly. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Um, uh, and and so there's that portion of it. And then you got Coach Bielema, who is um, puts in uh, the same amount of, of intensity, but it's a different kind of intensity. Now, um, for example, Coach Pittman, you're seeing it right now. You know, the kid, why are they so, why are our, our players playing so well? It's because they want to. It's because they want to play hard for these coaches. When you got a coach like Sam Pittman or Coach Bielema, you want to play for that dude, right? Because you know he cares about you and loves you. And and that's something that we bring into our, our flight as well. That F stands for family for a reason. It's uh, you got to be a brotherhood. You got to care about each other. Because uh, if you don't, you know, it's going to show up on the field, right? You're not going to do those little things that you know your brothers are depending on you for. And, I would imagine I'm, I'm not a, a military guy. I've got a lot of friends who are, but I would imagine there's, there's a lot of that in there as well. Oh yeah. Uh, you got to depend on your brother. Damn. Sure. So you, you had mentioned a little bit ago. And if you don't pay attention to those little things, you'll end up like us back when we were in Ridge, <laughs> and you'll wind up winless. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you mentioned P Ridge kind of being a dream job for you. You want to mm -hmm. elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, please do. Yeah, absolutely. For me, um, a place like Pea Ridge is kind of a hidden gem. Uh, you know, it's a special, it's special in the fact that on the football field that you are aligned vertically 12th grade through uh, our youth sports. We have a great relationship, you know. We're able to talk about the same things. That flight is for that whole program, right? We want all of our kids, as soon as they come in, we've got our sixth graders coming in right now, working with us in the afternoon about flight, teaching them what that family means, teaching them that, uh, the intensity, the grades, the hard work, and the toughness. Those are the pillars of our program. And so we're able to work with them, you know, sixth grade and up. Uh, and then they're able to sprinkle a little bit of youth sports. Uh, whereas other places, that's not quite the case. You know, you've got different, whole different things going. I know there's a lot of push to, to unify a lot of those sports uh, around the state of Arkansas. But Pea Ridge, we kind of, we got that rolling right now. Um, and then you look at the, the geographics of being east of Bentonville. Uh, you know, Bentonville flows west into Bentonville West very quickly and it's rapidly growing and now we're seeing a lot of that coming east so uh players are moving to p rich uh, but for me what i truly love about it is that small town vibe uh, you know everybody truly does know everybody um everybody knows what's going on uh, it, it's you drive by you see oh there's there's his house there's there's coach's house there's uh we're gonna go to the cannonball cafe for lunch and see 20 people you know uh i love that about p rich and i think that's what makes this special um, is that, and then we only saw that, you know, further, you know, proven uh, in the moms bringing those breakfasts in. 
that's not something you get everywhere. Uh, and it's such a cool deal. Miss Anderson was in charge of it this year. She did an unbelievable job and continues to do an unbelievable job. Uh, we're working with her and uh, Creekside Wedding Venue and uh, the Cottons to get us a football banquet put together. And that's something that, that they're the Amos Anderson's going to set up um, more or less on her own. She's done an unbelievable job. And that's just part of that Pea Ridge, just small town family um, culture that, that, that's already built in there. And that's perfect for what we want as a football program because we do want to be close. We do want to be able to break bread with each other outside of football and be able to do things in the community that, that are a little difficult to do other places. You're going to bring a damn tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is always impressive to me. I mean, I've obviously been back to several games throughout the year since since being out of school there, but it, and watching mm -hmm. how much it's grown. Um, I mean, it's, it is literally night and day, the amount of growth. It's crazy. But, but walking into the yeah. stadium, walking through the, the stands or walking along the fence, whatever, any teacher or coach you ever had, like every time I go up there, you end up talking to how to Coach Clark, whatever. I'm about always, to say, I saw your picture with Coach Clark. I was like, it's always the yep. same. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, they talk to you just like they did in school. And it's it's the amount of kids and people that have come through there and they still have that that kind of thing about them. It, it is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Next time you see Coach Clark, ask him if he remembers back, oh, hell, we were in seventh grade. If he remembers the first time, welcome to Detroit City came on and he kicked <laughs> his feet up on the desk playing welcome to Detroit City in the class. Yeah, there's a little bit of it. history there, <laughs> English with Coach Clark. Yes, yes. And I'll ask him about that tomorrow. <laughs> Asking about his shoe collection too. I'm sure he's got a few he can show you. Oh, it's powerful. That <laughs> yeah. man used to have the FedEx guy come to his desk to deliver yes. shoes that he had ordered online. Yes. I 100 percent believe that. That is awesome. That is awesome. Uh, last thing I got for you, man. Uh obviously everybody saw the picture going around with Coach Pittman and, and Kendall Browse up there at the up at the facility. Mm -hmm. To kind of talk about how that came to be and and what all the what all you got out of that. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's special to be able to sit down with some of those coaches and for them to be around and, and see the program and, and talk about what we're doing. Um, I didn't expect it, uh, you know, at all. I got a call from Coach Kennedy, said, hey, tomorrow morning we'd love to stop by, meet Coach Bryles, and full speed ahead, come on, come, come down here and see what we got going. And uh, was able to give him a tour of the high school, sat down in uh, uh, Tony Travis's desk on his office, and we sat down for probably 45 minutes to an hour just talking about P. Rich. And we talked about our kids. We talked about what we're doing as far as our vertical alignment with our youth programs and, and seventh grade and uh, compared it to what um, they, they came out of their high schools. You know, some uh, coach didn't have that. You know, they didn't see or they saw the potential in it and how important it is, but they didn't have that where they're from. And so uh, they, they agree, man, it's a special deal here. And we're also able to sit down and talk about some of our guys, you know, guys who um, might have a shot, you know, playing at the next level. And so it's cool to get advice from them. Uh, we're actually going to go down there, uh, I believe, in three weeks and uh, just sit down and, and, and watch film with them, go down and talk about offense, defense. We're going to bring our whole uh, P. Rich coaching staff and sit down and just clinic with the University of Arkansas. And that's, that's a special deal to be able to do. Um, obviously, they've got good things rolling there. And, and any time you can just sit down with a coach who sees the game differently, I think is huge, uh, no matter where it's at. So. Um, we're able, we're fortunate to be able to do that. And then I, I had no idea Coach Pittman was coming. Uh, it was uh, Monday, Martin Luther King Day, and I was, it was probably 2.30. And my phone rang, and I ignored it because I, I was taking a nap, I'll be honest. <laughs> I was asleep, ignored it. I uh, got a second call, and this, these were all, like, uh, number-blocked kind of situations. So I thought it was you know, some robo-call. So I ignored the second one. Called me back the third time, woke me up, freaking grabbed it. Hey, who is this? What's going on? What do you need? 
It was, hey, this is Coach Overton here, University of Arkansas. We'd like to come by with Coach Pittman. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Come on, please. Love <laughs> um, so I was kind of fired up when I woke up, but it was great to have Coach Pittman by. And he sat down and we talked for another hour um, watching our junior high kids work out. So he was able to see the junior high program and the offseason that we have rolling with them. Uh, we showed him the indoor and then the upgrades that we're getting up in the weight room. And it's cool just to have those coaches up there and their perspective and, and be able to show off what we're doing in Pea Ridge because I think it is special. I think we are doing things the right way, uh, both on and off the field with these kids. So, Yeah. Uh, kind of off the off the beaten path kind of question for me, which is what I tend to do. Uh, what were you benching back in college? Hmm. Um, so – my senior year, uh, we didn't – I don't believe we recorded a bench max because uh, we were while we were working on 225 um, for the combine and, and things like that. So my my 225 rep at Arkansas was 37 reps. <laughs> uh, on, pro, on pro day, I missed 37, hit it for 32. Damn. Uh, but that, was, uh, that was a long time ago, boys. <laughs> 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 There's no way I'm hitting anything close to that these days. Ah, that's why I said that's, back back in the day. Yeah, that's, that's the best part. You don't have to prove it anymore. You nope. can say that exactly, right? It's on paper. We can pull it up. All right. right, it's real. <laughs> who was when you were at the University of Arkansas? Mm -hmm. Who was the strongest player on the team while you were there? Ooh, strongest player on the team. You know, the first thing that comes to mind is Jonathan Williams, uh, pound for pound running back. He Three. would yeah, unbelievable. We would we would hit our our squat day and he would be in the rack doing single leg squat. And I don't think I ever asked why coach had him doing single leg squat, but when that sucker had like four fifteen on the bar, hitting it with one leg, oh my God. Different. that might've been it. Maybe for him to put that much weight on his back, it doesn't do him any good. We've got 800, 900 pounds up there. Yep. So let's cut it in half. Uh, but I, I do remember seeing that and just being kind of blown away. Holy uh, he, he was strong. Uh, I think, Trey Flowers and I would kind of try and compete in the weight room. He was probably stronger in the legs. Uh, his squat was probably higher than mine. And then my bench was pretty up there. So it was, it was close. Um, but it was fun to compete with him, especially a guy like him who's had the success he's had. Uh, that he's a freak, man. You were – so when you were there, you were voted a team captain, I believe, your senior year, was it? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. How, how, um, how does something like that come into play with, like, just – you know, with your peers voting you or something like that, is that something that you kind of carry with you? Like always, like, do you remember that? Like, is that the kind of energy that you keep? Like when you're voting for, for a team captain by your, the people all around you, you know, that's your teammates see something in you. Like, is that just, have you always just been kind of the leader of the pack everywhere? Like, is that, or is that just, okay. just that Arkansas thing? And eh, it was a one-off. Uh, you know that for that to happen uh, for a kid born in Springdale who grew up going to those games, it's a dream come true. I mean, honestly, that was that was probably the my favorite moments in, in my career was was being voted captain and be able to walk out there with guys like Brandon Allen, Alan Turner, and Trey Flowers, three unbelievable athletes and leaders. You look at Trey Flowers and Brandon's NFL career; they're still playing, killing it. Um, this is very special. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that that I carry with me is um, for guys that I work with every day, and I didn't put in more effort than they did. They they were all there too. I mean. We all were going through that thing together, and and for them to, to pick me as, as a captain is very special, um, especially seeing it, uh, how much I looked up to them. Um, so it, it kind of goes both ways, and 
at the end of the day, I mean, we were, we were a team just trying to, to win some ball games and, and grow closer together. And, and we did, we had a lot of fun doing it. And you're seeing it today with, with these Arkansas Razorbacks, you're seeing a group that is close knit and that is what makes them different. Damn. Right. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's all. all that's all we got for you. Coach. We appreciate you stopping by. I'm going to you, kind of telling your story. Uh, I'm excited to see you take P Ridge football to the next level. I feel like, you, you know, you're going about it the right way. So uh, just, just keep going and we appreciate your time. Hey, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'd love to meet you guys in person sometime. Absolutely. Oh, so yeah, you we'll say when we're there. All right, let's make it happen. All right, man. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. See you, man. We told you. Shit was fire, wasn't it? They got a guy over there in P Ridge. P Ridge knows how to hire because they nailed it. Absolutely. Again, greatly appreciate his time. Very much so. Awesome interview. Appreciate how transparent he was with us. Yeah. He didn't dance around much. He just nope. tell us we asked. He answered. That's what we want. Hope you guys Those enjoyed it. Want. We fucking enjoyed it. It was awesome to talk to a guy like that. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And even non-Arkansas fans should enjoy that. That's insight straight from a college athlete. So, hope you enjoyed the hell out of that because we did. Now. Now, let's talk some sports. Arkansas. Basketball. Arkansas basketball. We yes. have a, a streak that is alive and well, and it's a win streak. And we also have another streak that's dead. Dead. Which I I, I couldn't care less. I don't want to hear it's about, bad. about the, I'd rather have three-game win streak than a 32-year three-point streak. Listen, both can be true. Yes. I'm glad they're winning. The, of course, I would trade that for a victory. <laughs> but that is the longest yard reference for those of y'all who don't know it. <laughs> but I feel like we don't tell you guys our references very much. If you tell me oh, that you didn't see Twitter, the whole the streak is alive thing, it felt good. It did. It was nice to be up there. Thirty was it thirty one years, thirty two years, something. It's also pretty unbelievable to think that a college game would go by with no made threes. That, and, That's and you unbelievable. Win, and you win by a significant margin. Yeah, it's, pr- it's almost impressive. End of the first half, boy. They had us they in the first half. The first half. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, Arkansas played uh, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that Wednesday night? No, Tuesday but, night. That's Tuesday. Yesterday was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So it was Tuesday. That's right. Uh, I don't remember what the final score was, but I know we covered the spread. Yep. Spread was 12. Which feels good. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Bingo. I do. There, There is still some questionable things happening, but I do feel like we have... It, I'm not going to say ride the ship. We have turned the ship back towards the right direction. Yeah, we I'm are, not going to say ride it. We are on track back to on track. How about that? Sure. It's win. I mean, it was Tuesday, and it was 75-59. Arkansas won by 16 points. And there for a while, it seemed like we were going to lose by 16 points. Well, I, I assumed we were going to lose going into the game. It just felt like bad. It, I had bad juju on me that day. I had a weird dream. Fucked me up. Carried over into my thoughts for Arkansas basketball. It's fluid. Fluid situation. I don't want yeah, to tell you. Yeah, yeah. I won't ask. But, <laughs> but they won. <laughs> Always good news. No, what the fuck happened to the dream? No, no, it's it's not. A, it is like a legitimately fucked up situation. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's let's let's a, let's get off of that shit. It, it was it was one of them bad dreams that is super fucking real. I've had a lot of those. To where you wake up, I was like normally when I have a bad dream, I at some point at the end of obviously the end of it, I wake I realize I'm dreaming. And yeah, obviously at the up. end of it, yeah, I wake myself up. <laughs> this one, I had no idea I was dreaming. When I opened my eyes, it startled me, and then once I got my bearings and realized I was awake, my like the emotions that had dumped from my brain. We're going through my body all day long. Like I felt 
the way I felt in the dream all day long, even after I realized it was not it was not real. Never happened before. Did not love it. I've had that happen a couple times. Macy can attest to that. I've woke up literally hyperventilating from some real fuck shit. Well, well, that yes. I mean, if, like, no, I, I mean like waking up and thinking it was one hundred percent real. It actually happened, and then you wake up and it's like, oh my fucking god! Like all the emotions are still front and center in my head, yeah. but I'm in the darkness, just looking at nothing. Like what the fuck? Oh fuck! But I mean, like I've, I've never that. had the lingering effects thing. Like, like you my, my feeling depressed all day for something I knew was not real was new, and I do. I hope to never. Oh yeah, it. yeah, that's not good. I've, I have had a couple of those too, but we'll talk about those. But that's while, never a good situation. No, it's a bad deal. While we're on Arkansas, yes. Before we get in depth with transfers and Be- such, before we say how terrible Connor Vanover is, would <laughs> do, do you have more on the basketball game? Um, I just wanted to talk about. I don't know how we won, and I don't know how we won by by that much. But that's what I'm saying. I don't either. I don't know what happened with no made threes. That margin of victory, Jalen Williams is starting to shut me up. Yes, he is. He started off hot that game. H O motherfucking T hot. I'm talking about H O motherfucking. That is a reference to Dakota. <laughs> the night that one of our buddies about crisped himself to no, death. No, 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 no. Okay. To death, yes, about. He did crisp himself. Yes. We had somebody get so drunk at a wedding for one of our friends that he thought he could run through the fire <laughs> in D.C. loafers. This is not a campfire. This is a giant whatever bonfire. The, whatever the size of your bedroom is, I feel like it's a fair scale. Yes. It was enormous. <laughs> enormous. I still have video of it. Um, Yeah. This said individual is known for doing some outlandish things. Ran straight into the fire. His ankle rolled, and he fell right in the middle of 10-foot fucking flames. Yeah, it was a bad deal. And went unconscious after he fell into the fire. He's okay. He's good now. He's, He's good all now. right. Important but, to say. But, but that's that. from that night, Dakota was so drunk, he stood next to the fire and said, boy, that motherfucker's H.O. motherfucking T-hot. And I still have that on film. It is fucking hilarious. I will hold that near and dear. That, that was a fantastic video. The temperature of the fire. <laughs> the temperature. Long walk for a short glass of water. I know. I'm sorry. Absolutely. But it's necessary. Other than that, yeah, uh, the backstory. Oh, that's fun. Love that. What happened? Um, God bless America. Other than know. that, Jalen Williams led the team in uh, 19 points. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucking great. He was getting M ones every goddamn four seconds. He was getting fouled for the first six possessions. He was fouled on every possession. Uh, pretty unbelievable energy. Uh, 19 points, nine rebounds. I mean, you love to see that. Other than that, it was not good from anybody else. No, no uh, not, not good shooting. Lots of turnovers. Um, having trouble finishing around the rim at times, and having a very hard time shooting the three ball. If you think you're gonna well, fucking you beat elite teams by making no threes in a game, we are not. I think we're past Ken- struggling at that point. Kentucky just scored fucking 107 on on top 25 Tennessee. To, to put day. it into perspective, the announcers, which I, which. The announcers for Arkansas games, Arkansas basketball specifically, They're terrible. just continue to be fucking awful. They're terrible. But at one point, they were like, well, with the success you're having, you know, getting to the rim, I wouldn't even mess with threes. And Note immediately shot a three that missed the whole rim. <laughs> it was rebounded and put back in. But that's the kind of night it was from behind the arc. Yeah, I mean, 5 of 12 for Note, 5 of 12 for Tony, 5 of 11 Jalen uh, Williams, 3 of 8 Debo Davis. I mean... It's it's bad. You're and, not and going to you, win a lot of games like that. No, and you have two people who can shoot the three sitting on the motherfucking bench. That's probably help me understand what Jackson and KK are doing on the mother freaking. It got to the point. I'm gonna say it, folks. You know what? I'm gonna say it, and I don't even care. Our head coach would rather play Connor Vanover <laughs> than KK Robinson or Jackson. Are you fucking serious? And 
Connor Vanover comes into the game and immediately shows everybody why he has no fucking business taking his warm-ups off. He came in, missed a dunk, missed the putback, had a turnover. In three minutes, all of that happened. My, you missed a dunk. My favorite thing Seven, from last six. year was watching him move slowly further down the bench. And I know, I know it was COVID, so the bench was spread out. But when it got to the, I think it was the SEC tournament, when there was like five feet in between seats, he was so far down there that he was almost in the crowd. He was off the camera shot from every cut they had to the bench. That's where he belongs. He was not. He had his warm-ups on, his mask on, and he was not even a bit sweaty. He stinks. Good hair. No, he not good, good hair. He had good hair because he hadn't moved from that seat. He stinks. There is nobody in no. college basketball who can tell me Connor Van Over deserves to play over K.K. Robinson. Sorry, can't do it. That's all I got to say about the Arkansas game. Obviously, different position, but I get what you're saying. I mean, I guess the whole positionless basketball thing, not necessarily. But the flip side of that coin is, if we can win games with making no threes, we're doing something right. I don't know. I don't know what it is yet. I don't know what it is. But there's something in there that happened right or terribly wrong for South Carolina. Our defense was good. Either way, I'll take it. Our defense was pretty good. I'll, I'll say that. A W is a W. A W is a W. As long as you keep having them. And then the following day, Wednesday, Alabama upset LSU at home. Boy, they did. And sent LSU's coach into a fucking oh. a, a tailspin of just, of just nonsense in his interview. He was triggered. He was so butthurt. About a reporter asking a question that he had every right to ask. Yes. And he was a little poo butt about it. He was. He was poopy butt. That's why when you ask, I don't know why everybody hates him so much. That shit is why. Obviously, it's worse when you put the audio to the fits that he throws on the sidelines. But that just confirms... Not a likable guy. No. Crybaby. Soft, weak. People are saying that we might have broke him. I don't know. That's what it's looking like. It appears to be the well, case. Well, we got Texas A&M next at home. That'll be a good uh, good uh, test. 15-3. They only lost to Kentucky by like six. Yes, you know, we said LSU would be a good starting point to see if we're, if we're getting better. We did well against them. Here we are with a we step are, it up another notch. We're in Lenardi's first four out. Or three. It's just probably where we'll stay. But this game against A&M, I don't care how ugly it looks. If we win against A&M, I'm going to start to turn back towards being on board with it. Yeah. And play. I will put us in the first four in if we win that game. Play A&M, and then after that we play at Ole Miss on Wednesday the 26th. Mm-hmm. Then the Saturday the 29th we have West Virginia come to town. That'd be good. Oh, boy. That'd be that'd be good. Um, Maybe. February second, we get to play Georgia. That's good. Five and thirteen, Georgia. That's, get a good reset. Yeah, that is get a little, nice little palate cleanser. Just get our dicks kicked in, and then just there's Georgia. Because then we play win. Because then we play Mississippi State at home Saturday, February fifth, and then we play number two Auburn at home. Yikes. February eighth. Lots of time to figure it out before then. Hopefully, before we get our absolute dicks pushed. On that one though, I don't like. Why are they pushing our dicks? Don't know. Yeah. Kicked in. On that one, even if we get whipped. I'm not going to, it's going to be very difficult to base anything off that. They are just a fucking powerhouse. Yes. They look very good. Yes. Uh, Also on the basketball front, updated uh, top 10 basketball recruits for the class of 2022. Mm -hmm. Duke has four of them. Duke has four of the top 10 recruits for next year. Yeah. Shout out to Nick Smith, who is number five. Bingo. On the updated top 10 basketball recruits, Nick Smith, stud, certified bucket. Also on this list, Khalil Ware, who went to Oregon, center, right here out of Arkansas, mm-hmm. five-star center. 
decided to go to Oregon. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, but he's on here too. Yeah, Duke has four of the top ten. Nick Smith, Woo Pig is on there. And Jordan then I Washington. saw Khalil Ware made me, made me sick. No, uh, no. Hmm. That's all. He's there somewhere. Well, and we have the number two ranked recruiting class for Anthony next year. Anthony Black so. is the only person on that list that was undecided at this point. Yeah. Let's make a decision here, bud. Make the right decision. Yeah. Come it's on. looking very Oklahoma State. Come on, nah. Come on to Arkansas. Would love to see Arkansas, for sure. Speaking of top recruits, not oh, necessarily pain. top pain. The projected number one pick in the 2022 MLB draft. Peyton Paulette, Tommy John, out for the year. Moment of silence. It is impossibly heartbreaking. Yes. Like, there's not a lot of things. Uh, this is, I just lied to you all. I was going to say there's not a lot of things in sports that legitimately make me sad. That's a bullshit lie, and I apologize. I, when I read this, I was legitimately upset. Last year, had an unfortunate injury, and then come into this year. Here we go. We're back. We're going to see this dude fucking dealing. Preseason number two. And now we got to wait again. Hope for the best for him, obviously. Speedy recovery. Of course. Can't wait to see what happens. Let's Dude, just hope he stays at Arkansas. Am I concerned? He was our Friday night guy. Like, that was the guy going into this. We obviously got Wiggins. I'm sure I'm, I've believed. Big Jackson Wiggins fan here. Van Horn has said he's got a lot of young guys that are not playing like young guys right now. I have no choice but to leave Van Horn with everything that I have all the time. So, am I out on the season? No, obviously not. Did I overreact and say that when I saw the news? Absolutely. Sure did. <laughs> but I'm not. I can picture you sitting at work, you saw that update, and you're like, we're dead. We're done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was I was, I was, was freaking out a little bit. We're go- it will be fine. Okay, we're number two right now. Texas, number one. We'll see how long they hold that shit. But no, we'll get, I think, 32-ish days, 30 days, something like that, till baseball. I'm obviously excited. Can't wait. Another yep. thing I'm excited about is have we? I don't know if we talked since we got the transfers that we got. No, we have not. Before we get too far into this, I want to say everybody was freaking out when Joe Fouché, Brooks, excuse me, and all these guys, all oh, the transfer portal. They're just they're just picking and choosing. They're robbing all the good players, money. They're paying them all this shit. Guess what happened? As we've seen on Twitter a lot, the transfer portal taketh, but also giveth. Giveth and taketh away. Now, do I get being upset by what we lost in the transfer portal? Sure. Do I? Does it make my heart feel good knowing that there's an LSU fan somewhere, an Alabama fan somewhere, freaking the fuck out because their players are committing to Arkansas? Absolutely, it does. It does make you feel a little better. <clears throat> so we're going to talk some real quick, kind of brief here on... Uh, the impacts of the transfer portal, according to two four seven sports, uh, we're gonna tell. We're gonna talk about. Uh, I wrote down the rankings of the transfer portal rankings of each school in the SEC. I also added OU and Texas because they're soon to join the SEC. So I want to see. We need to start learning. We need to start getting insight on the enemy. We need to. We need to learn how they operate so that we can destroy them. Well, that they need to learn that we, is psychological warfare. I think that's already exists in their mind because they know they're coming to the SEC. So I took down notes from Texas and OU. I did not 
full disclosure, I did not mention or go through who each team lost in the portal. I'm only talking gains. Okay? Lost them. Think of the past. Out. Don't care. Move on. Well, and a lot of these players were lost from one SEC school and went to another. Yeah, so. that, was, that was super weird this year. Not something you typically see because they usually don't let you play. You lose eligibility. Or yeah. You, yeah you, you can't you, play immediately. No. You have to wait a, a year to play. But now all of a sudden it's okay to do it. It's because the NCAA is a fucking wild west right now. Yep. Uh, so transfer portal rankings. We got number one is LSU. Mm. LSU is the number one transfer portal ranking so far. Now they have uh, three four stars and seven three stars. So it's sort of just due to accumulation the volume. Yeah, yeah. It's door. It's due to how how much. How many transfers they have. Now, I will say I am surprised by the number of transfers they've gotten because I do not believe in Brian Kelly still. It looks like players are. Well, that's all it takes most of the time. Um, son of a bitch. What happened? Well, I wrote down, you know, the previous star ranking and shit for all players mm-hmm. out of high school and stuff for everybody except LSU because fuck them. I forgot, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but they got two dudes at a... University of Louisiana Lafayette, Florida International, eh, Joe Fushan, Greg Brooks, of course. Noah Kane, the running back from Penn State, was a pretty good one that they got. Um, and then it's a linebacker from Virginia and a defensive back from McNeese State. Yeah, like who was one of the backs who was one of the coaches' kids? Yeah, I, I'm not impressed. I'm just not. I I don't know. I'm not impressed. No. All right, you got Fouché. A little salty about that. You got Greg Brooks. I'm more salty about. Yes, but. Okay, whatever. Not impressed. You just got the volume. That's all it is. Uh, Ole Miss has the number two. Shocker. This is not just in the SEC. This is nationally. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, Ole Miss number two. They got uh, five four-star players and two three-star players. Uh, They got the tight end from uh, Auburn, four-star, J.J. DeQuiz. Pretty impressive. Uh, Four-star tackle Mason Brooks out of Western Kentucky and a four-star safety Ladarius Tennyson out of Auburn. Those are their, you know, highest, uh, according to 247 accumulation score, players they got. So, Ole Miss did pretty fucking well so far in the transfer portal. They also lost a lot. Yeah. I was looking at Ole Miss's. They lost a shit ton. So, we'll see what what they look like. And they're still in the market for uh, quarterback, 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 Jackson Dart. They're still in the market for Jackson Dart. Fucking dumbass Lane Kiffin was posting up a picture (laughs) of him and Dart standing behind, oh, what kind of car was it? An Austin Martin or something? Last last recruit he housed, he had some Porsche. So it, it, he goes and gets a fucking rental and lets the kid drive it. Hey, Possibly says, this could be yours if you come here. Ah, that's what I'm starting to think. As I said, and it could be. Legally. I mean, you got you to gotta put some names to the money, but it could happen. As I said in the interview, it's only stupid if it doesn't work. Fuck Lane Kiffin. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Um, OU, whoa, uh, Florida State has the number three. Mm. That's wild. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. Florida State. stunk. Yeah, for sure. And then OU has the number four. Uh, they have. OU's lost a lot of people too. They have lost a lot. They have. And th- a lot at key positions. Yeah, for sure. Um, they got three, four stars and four, three stars. Um, they got a defensive lineman out of Hawaii, which. This one I, I took note of because how impressive is it to get a defensive lineman, a four-star one too at that, 
a four-star defensive lineman out of Hawaii named Jonah Laulu. No chance. You which means it's fucking, he's Hawaiian. Right. From Hawaii, went to Hawaii, and he transfers to OU. That's pretty goddamn impressive. Hand up. That's pretty fucking good. You got a native to the island, Hawaii, four-star, highly talented defensive lineman to commit to you and go all the way to Oklahoma. That's pretty impressive. I had to yeah. give a shout-out for that one. That's pretty That's pretty good. Um, offensive lineman McCade Mature out of Cal, four-star. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, UCF quarterback. He's a four-star quarterback. He's athletic-looking freak. Um, that's about the, the highest that I have wrote down. But they're also still in the market for Jackson Dart. They're still talking to him. Uh, they lost out on... I'm putting my money on Lane Kiffin. <sighs> like him or not. I'm not. I'm putting my money on OU. But, you know. Well, that's just... Jones bet. If he goes anywhere else, it's, it's null and void. Yeah, because he's still thinking of USC, too. Yep, nope. Uh, nope. Sure, we can go down to OU and, LSU and uh, Ole Miss, sure. All right. Gentleman's bet. Gentleman's bet. OU it is. Uh, <laughs> that OU has number four, four class. South Carolina has five. Isn't that wild? Shane Beamer. They got three four-stars and three three-stars. They got a freaking four-star receiver out of whatever JMU is. I don't even know what that is. He's a four-star receiver out of there. They got Austin Stoner, of course, the OU tight end, Mm -hmm. four-star. Freak! Love him. I was really hoping Stoner would come here. He's a huge tight end with mitts. Corn-fed, country bumpkin-looking some bitch. (laughs) I would have loved to have Stoner here. And then, of course, Rattler. So... Which still, I don't understand. I don't either. You have, at least you went to the East. You were semi-smart. Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, semi-smart. Uh, number six was very shocking as well. Hit me. Florida. That's not shocking. It is. I mean, they weren't good. Who the good. fuck's coaching them? But they, I, I, that's, I, don't, they were, I don't know when they weren't good. It might be one of those things where it doesn't matter who it, the coach it, is. It doesn't. Like, success-wise, it does. But as far as talent wanting to go there, like, it's still Florida. Yeah, they, still the swamp. They got a four-star corner, Jalen Kimber, out of Georgia. Got him. Big deal. Uh, two Raging Cajun players who are both four-stars. Shout-out to the Raging Cajuns for getting four-stars all of a sudden. There you go. Uh, running back, Montreal Johnson, and offensive lineman, Osiris Torrance. Both four-star guys. Pretty impressive. Good on you. Uh, all these guys have volume. For instance, Florida has four four-stars and two three-stars. That's about the lowest amount other than Arkansas. And our classes are that high. So that just tells you that the quality of player that they're getting is much higher. Right. So number seven is USC. Don't care. Didn't do research on them because fuck them. <laughs> and Arkansas is number eight. That All that comes from with USC success, though, is USC is one of those schools where people want to go, I feel like, still. And then you drop Lincoln Riley in there. If you had any any hangups about going there because of anything, Lincoln Riley solved it. Like, if that's, if yeah, that's the school you wanted... It's a lot of OU guys going there right yeah, now. now you have a reason to go. Uh, it's not on this list because uh, I didn't do USC research, but Mario Williams from OU, a highly touted receiver, went there. Uh, Caleb Williams might. Yeah, he might. The cornerback, a cornerback out of OU, a four-star dude, he bounced to USC. Like, I mean, they're, they're Which all... Which is kind of wild when you think about it. I know that, Lin- that Lincoln Riley was, was your coach and all that, but if you're a defensive back or a defensive player in general at OU and Why you the get, fuck you get you Venables... Yeah, I don't understand. You would think you you would have something to learn from him, but yeah, I don't know. So Arkansas's eighth with four four stars and one three star, and we're ranked eighth. And one was a five star and got bumped as soon as he came to Arkansas. Two got bumped. Oh, sorry, two of them. Jaden Hazelwood from OU got bumped down to a four star. That's correct. And uh, so did uh, linebacker Drew Sanders. Both got bumped down to four stars. 
both composite scores of over 90 and got bumped down to a four-star. They thought, if they're choosing Arkansas, they can't be that good. No, they got to stink. Uh, we got linebacker, or I'm sorry, cornerback uh, Dwight McLaughlin from LSU, four-star. Linebacker Drew Sanders from Alabama, four-star. How star. long do you think it's going to be, and not in a disrespectful way, before people start calling him McLovin? Probably not going to happen. I think it might. I don't think so. It's pretty close. Uh, defensive end Landon Jackson from LSU, four-star. Wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood, OU, four-star. Was five, is five. And then we got a quarterback, which threw me off a little bit, Cade Fortin out of USF, mm-hmm. uh, three-star guy, which would lead me to believe... What? We have no idea. Who's Hornsby's going to receiver. Who is, well, that maybe. I don't. That's know. where he should be. Like I think. I think that he will get the ball all the time. He will get shine. He will start, and yeah, he will have an immediate impact. It's it's very. I mean, obviously, we have Lucas Coley on the fucking bench. Obviously, different situations because of the position and the and the amount of time he didn't play. But it's very similar to the Tebow conversation. Like everybody assumed, why didn't he go play tight end? Maybe he can't fucking catch. That's possible. And I don't know if Hornsby can catch or not. I mean, but he's, Hornsby he's can't an throw. Athletic freak can't throw. But if he can catch, you know what? If for no other reason, use him for your fucking wide receiver pass. You want to do a double pass, Kendall? You have a fucking previous quarterback on your roster. Maybe try that. I would just start a receiver with, I'd put him out there with fucking Hazelwood. Call it good. Mm. You get some know. screens over to fucking Malik Hornsby. That some bitch has the potential to take it to He's the got house. Wheels. He got the wheels. And the wiggle. Yes. Um. We'll see what else happens. Another corner out of Georgia, or a receiver out of Georgia, also just hit the transfer portal yesterday. Uh, he had 600 yards and like seven touchdowns, so he's a pretty well-known dude out of Georgia. Hopefully we could land him too. Uh, Arizona is nine. Georgia Tech is 10. Indiana is 11. All three of those schools surprised the fuck out of me. And Texas is number 12. Now, they're solely number 12. They It only shows three transfers they've gotten. Mm. One five-star, a four-star, and a three-star. But that five-star, Quinn Ewers mm. from Ohio State. Mm. The number one overall player. Mm. A motherfucking certified stud. Don't squander it. And also Texas, like my like Derek said to me the other day, Texas always fucks up with getting their quarterbacks. It never really works out to their full potential. This one is a guy from Ohio State who knows how to pick quarterbacks in college. Ewers is a freak. And he has a mullet. Well, He's a stud. His, well, so do the Johns. You didn't like them. Well, Sean suck. <laughs> Maybe he will at Texas too. You don't beat up at FCS schools and then get. I don't to think Texas' like problem has ever been finding talent. It's knowing what to do with it. With it, yes, correct. But Sam Ewers, I don't think there's anything you have to fucking worry about there. Uh, he's a fucking G. He, you can be right. Oh, I am one hundred percent right about Sam Ewers. Texas, well, I agree, but Texas's success. What success? Exactly my point. <laughs> like when? Welcome to your poor choices. Uh, for the rest of the SEC, Alabama is 29 because they have enough in-house talent they don't fucking care. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, 33. Missouri, 37. Mississippi State, 44. Tennessee, 45. Texas A&M, 85th. Mm. And Vanderbilt, 111th. Yeah, they, A&M did fine with their recruit class. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they sure did. So, they so sure did. They're not concerned. Several McDonald's bags full of cash. They're not concerned with transfers at this time. And Vanderbilt just doesn't ever try at anything. So... Except baseball and basketball. Baseball. And athletics. Or, sorry, not athletics. Academics. Pretty sure their softball's good, too. Is it time? I think it's fucking time, boys. Blue buttoning? Blue button. Oh, that's how I know it's about to be good. We got blue button. Favorite button for maybe favorite segment. Yes. We told y'all we were going to shoot the shit, get down to earth, and open up a little bit and tell y'all about ourselves. 
I can't it's wait time. to hear how this goes. It's time. We got top. What's this called? Celebrities. It was it, it, movie Public stars, figures, TV shows, singers. I just want to hear your dirty mouth say the rest of it. That make your front feel funny. <laughs> <laughs> If y'all don't know the Reno 911 reference, get out a little more often and and look it up. And I don't know where that came from. Like I didn't just. It's the male lesbian. Reno 911 is not at the forefront of my brain. It's the male lesbian. Look at. Sorry, my papa used to call gay people male lesbians. He was from a different era, a different time, and very fucking blunt with shit. (laughs) But he he, it's the chick with the dude haircut. I didn't watch much Reno 911 either. But she has short ass hair. She's tall and, and not very attractive looking. And she jumped on the back of one of the officers and he started running with her piggyback. <laughs> and she was like, oh, this feels funny on my front. <laughs> so it came out. That's what it it's from. It fits the topic we're talking about. It does about. fit. Y'all so, are going to enjoy the fuck out of this. Grab your fucking popcorn. I ho- My hope for this segment is that people are listening and they're going like, they're waiting for somebody's name to be dropped. And when it comes out, like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. We're talking back when we were now for... To put it in perspective, we are we're both twenty nine, so uh, you know most of our list is going to be from you know ninety eight and up. We were born in ninety two, so it's you know ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand and up. Yeah, is you know it's going to be from those time frames. So people from born before us, you can you're, you're going to see that we don't have some of the same people that y'all would. Yeah, there's going to be some ones that you're going to be disgusted that were left off the list. It's because didn't affect us that it's way because we were like negative twelve probably. Yeah. So for the younger crowd. It's because we knew why it made our front feel funny when we saw those people. <laughs> to yes. you, it was a mystery. Those people that you see, and they just got the juices flowing down to a different you don't, area. You, you don't know, what I mean? know why you feel the way you feel. Oh, also I, known as attraction. Yes. Come to find out later. No pun intended. Let me hear. Like I said, mine is number Let one. Let me guess your number one. Oh, okay. What, look, I have top ten. I don't know how many Dakota has. Uh, uh, we could call I have, these. I have nine. Okay. But I have ten with an honorable mention. We originally said five with honorable mention, so I had four honorable mentions. I knew you would continue and write more, just like I did. Yeah. I knew you were gonna do the same shit. Let me guess your number one because I know who Dakota has always fucking fantasized over. And it's that's why it's when I say the name, he's gonna be like, No, it's not it. I'm like, what the fuck? He has always fantasized of, about it, and he already knows who I'm talking it's about. I guarantee the, you. It's because of the time, because that obviously came up, but I think that was when I was old enough who to Who am I thinking? Jessica Alba. No. Is the one that I, that is my Christina Aguilera number one. So that was my that was gonna be my number ten since you come up with ten. I immediately in my head was like, I'll put that on there. But I'm not talking about Christina Aguilera as he's talking about dirty, I'm talking about filthy Xtina with the dreads. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's on back there, on MTV for Cribs. Sure. For sure. Yes. That's not number one though. Wow. Okay. I am fucking uh, on pins and needles over here. Excuse me. TV show. Okay. I guess I guess a movie as well. Okay. The Pink Ranger. Kimberly, I'm never gonna understand it. I promise you, I didn't watch there much. Power are a Rangers. ton of people out there that do understand it, and she was a bombshell. I feel like you only know that now because your kids watch it and you know who they are. Absolutely not. I oh, fucked okay. with Power Rangers hard. <laughs> Dakota looked so goddamn mad that I said Tommy that. was my hero. At the fucking when they became the White Ranger, get out of here. <laughs> I never once ever watched that show in my oh, life. You're fucking up. You can watch it now. Ever. It's kind of corny. Ever. It was fantastic at the time. Number one. My number one? Hit me. Britney Spears. Also on the list. Pre. Not, I wouldn't even. Yeah. You're yeah. Talking pre, about, you're talking about hit me baby one more time. Correct. Britney Spears. 
Oops, I did it again. Red jumpsuit. Correct. Britney Spears. Correct. Red leather pants and a, and a, what do you call that? Just a little fucking, I don't know, like a bikini top. Like that, that kind of Britney Spears. Oh, she was so bad. What, when a lot of these, what's crazy Pre is. Pre-haircut days. Pre, she cut her own hair and went fucking bananas days. It's her father's fault. She's free. Correct. But at that time, nobody knew, nobody had paid attention to that because she was at the tippy top. Yes. Of everything. Pop culture, whatever you want to call it. And I wish she would have been on the tippy top of me. <laughs> <laughs> she was so, that's so Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> I know a buddy, and uh, he and her got it on. No, 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 they didn't. no, they didn't. But can you imagine if they did? <laughs> number two. All right, give me your number two. In that same vein, okay, with the the times and the and the singing, Mandy Moore. Oh, she list. was hot. I forgot about her. This is what I was excited about about that list is people we forgot about. I think I know who that bitch was. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about her. Mandy Moore. She was fine. She had that like sweet innocent. Yes, like a. Uh, Persona to her. Yes. Not to say she wasn't. She had the lady in the street, her. but a freak in the sheets vibe. Bingo. Yes. So she, she was fine. Congratulations. I forgot about that. Wow. Prestigious list. Your, your list is far more. This one's going to be funny for y'all. Y'all are going to enjoy number two of mine. Hit me. Maybe one more time? No. My number two, Hannah Montana. Great pick. Great. What's interesting about that pick? Not Miley Cyrus. No. See I'm what? talking Hannah Montana herself. What's interesting about that pick is she grew up with us. Yes. So like the Hannah Montana, she's our age, exactly. Well, age. No, but I'm, but I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the level of her yes. went with like with she, our age. She blossomed right along her, with us. The Hannah Montana for sure. Totally get what you're coming from. Yes. Completely forgot to put that on the list. But you have two very different Miley Cyruses. Mm-hmm. I think both of them might make the list. No, the batshit crazy, and, and, and only I will say, the. The, she got to a point where she's like getting trains ran on her by three six mafia. Well, I'm yeah, out on that, all that. that. The level of crazy, the hot crazy scale. The level of crazy went up so much <laughs> that her appearance went a little to the wayside. But sort of like Demi Lovato, I think it bounces. I agree. It kind of bounces. Boy, out. did her appearance take a fucking think, deep dive. I think it bounces. Out. We do, but she, but she, when she was on, I don't remember what Disney show. Oh, she was I on. know what you're talking about. It's good stuff. I know another one that's going to be on yours. What's that? No, so, okay, so there's another one that I was going to put on this list, and to be honest with you, would have been on here had it not got sidetracked while making the list. Forgot. Even better, I just totally, literally forgot. It was on a Disney show that we watched, but you had to think, oh, um, it is, is the chick that dated fucking Wizards of Waverly Places from where she's from. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. She's got to be on yours. No, she's not. Unbelievable. Like Everything I knew about Dakota is completely false. Good pick. Okay. I thought you were going to okay. go Ashley Tisdale from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. I had forgot all about her until now. That's a good one. That, that is a good one. Also, Hillary Duff. Lizzie McGuire was Lizzie the McGuire. one that was going to go yes. on the list, and Bingo. I got sidetracked. Okay, so my she, number two, Hannah Montana. Still banging. Still banging, absolutely. My number two, Hannah motherfucking Montana. Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Yes. Okay. Next on my list was Britney Spears, so I'll skip it. Okay. This one. Excellent pick, by the way. There's a trend here. Okay. And it's a trend with child stars, obviously. Lindsay Lohan. From well, she Freaky was Friday. really hot at first. Freaky Friday, Mean Girls era. Boy. I don't know why the, the photo that surfaced of her getting out of the limo and showing her coochie like ruined my Britney image Spears. of her. No, I thought it was Lindsay Lohan. Britney Spears. Lindsay Lohan had a little, little uh, drug problem. Something Pretty tainted my image of, of uh, her, and yeah, I don't know what it was. Face is what it's it is. her crack That's face. exactly what it was. <laughs> but she was hot. You're right. She mm-hmm. was she was very hot. Okay. 
Okay, that's a good one. Number three, this one's going to shock you. Okay. Ready? Hit me. Carmen Electra. Not shocking She whatsoever. was so bad when we were like, she was like, what, 15 years older than us? Yeah, so like she was like in the adult looking industry. I'm pretty sure she was also in the adult industry. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But we were like 12 or 13 when she popped onto the scene and I was like, oh my God, yes. that chick is bad as fuck. And that's whenever I learned the term elf. <laughs> well, I mean, you say that like she's that much older than us, but like Kate Beckinsale now also that much older than us still. Gorgeous. Yeah, but you remember Carmen Electra? Oh, yes, I do. I feel like that's a forgotten name that not a lot of people remember. Maybe, but maybe because she hasn't been sort of like Paris Hilton. I thought she was bad as fuck back in the day. Yeah, she scared me. She's gross, always, but always terrified me. She's also hot again. Number five. I remember one thing from Paris Hilton, and it's that's hot. That's it. I think that's pretty fair to say. Everybody yeah. remembers that. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm going to stop saying Carmen Electra. At this point, we've named 97 people, and okay. I'm at number five. So we just, well, we've only listed six. But. Next on the list, Topanga from Boy Meets World. I almost had it on here. You got to put look, it on look. the list. Disclosure, never watch Saved by the Bell, so Topanga doesn't make the list. Well, that's great. That, I literally put it right there. Because it's Boy Meets World. But, oh, see, I never watched <laughs> any of those shows. Didn't even know. But I always heard people talk about Topanga, so I looked it up. She was fine as wine, yes. but I never watched any show with her in it. Oh, I watched the shit out of that show. She's on the list. She is hot and was hot. I don't know about now, but she now, was hot back then. You, you Now, all right. Okay. Lay it on me. Jessica Simpson. Fair. She was well, so hot. I remember I remember when she was in the, when she was dating that dude from 98 Degrees, mm -hmm. and it was a TV show, mm -hmm. and that's when I first saw her. Uh, then I remember seeing her on Dukes of Hazard, yeah, and then she kind of went out of the scene for a little bit. Then, and then Tony Romo, Hazzard, bam, yes. Yeah. And she Tony, was Tony Romo, Romo also for a while. fucking up Carrie Underwood and Jessica Simpson. How you do that? What I a don't fucking G know. though to land those I two. Guess. But Jessica Simpson was bad as fuck. And Employee of the Month dropped too, and she was fine. Yes. But I, yeah, I remember her dating the ninety eight degrees dude, who I thought was a man dime, <laughs> and then disappearing. And I think she dabbled in country music for for a little bit. Yeah, did a couple country songs. Fake the accent so bad it made me disgusted. <laughs> then popped up on Dukes of Hazard and I thought she is so fucking bad. Yeah, the little the little tie up mm. top. Oh my good, mm. yeah, bad as fuck. Front funny. Now, here we go. This we good, and not so much in the show that brought it on, but I guess playing at the scene. Are you talking about bringing it on? No, oh, okay. I'm not. I did. There were several people on yes. from that. Yes. I thought about Kirsten Dunst, but then I was like, nah, I didn't. it was, That's it too was well known. It, well, no, it was the character more so than her. That's how it was the Hannah Montana. Yeah, it's fair. It was uh, the character. Eh. No, I think it was her. <laughs> Mila Kunis. Oh, bad as fuck. I mean, obvious. That 70s show. Absolutely. And she has gotten better with age. Fine wine. Angelina Jolie. So it's funny you say that. And I'm talking Gone in 60 Seconds with the Dreads. It's funny you fucking say that. I am that. talking Gone in 60 <laughs> Seconds with because the Dreads. Because when I, when I thought about putting her on this list, I was like, the, well, I know what did it. It was Gone in 60 Seconds. And it's a scene where they're sitting in the car. Yes, and it watching absolutely the house. is. And they're watching the house and the two people start having sex. It is 100% that. And she leans over and gets on yes. top. It is her. It's that scene exactly that but I think of. In my brain, in my adult brain, when I said Angela and Jolie, Gone in 60 Seconds, I saw her in that show and I was like... She's kind of dirty in that show. Like I liked it. <laughs> I mean, but back then, though, worked. when we was kids, I did just specify a certain period of Christina Aguilera's existence yes. that would confirm <laughs> that is where why. to the point where Christina Aguilera was telling people she liked when people would spit in her mouth. She literally said that. That's not what did it for me. It was, it was just, on MTV. It was a look, but that's there, how dirty there was she a is. point on MTV where people would say anything. Oh yeah, just let it fly. I used to love watching Cribs. Christina, nope. 
I Angela have, Jolie, good pick. Yes. Now go. Now, this is going to be surprising, and it was due to a character. And I don't, I mean, I'm not saying she's not an attractive person, but she's not on any list that I would make today. Okay. Uma Thurman from. Don't know who that is. But yeah, you do. I'll pull it up. From Batman and Robin with the Clooney Batman. Never saw it. Batman. Oh, you're missing out. Well, I mean, people, you're missing out. I watched the Heath Ledger one. Good enough. I'm done. You'll know who she is. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Rest in peace to the young prince, Heath Ledger. But as soon as I pull it up, you're going to know who she is. I don't know who that woman is. No. Well, anyway, she was Poison (laughs) Ivy in that Batman Robin. I I mean, I I trust your judgment. I'm sure she was fine. smooching on people. What year was this? 90. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. That's verified. If it was back in our fucking, yeah. I don't know. That means you were like 11 or 12 when you stumbled upon the movie, and then you were like, whoa. Yes. Verified. Got it. Obvious one for me. You know who my all-time crush was when I was a kid. You know who it was? I do. Who? Hayden Pinatier. Correct. Hayden Pinatier is number six for me. Um, all-time crush. As you've heard the story, those of you who've been listening for a while, Dakota got to meet her and did not call <laughs> me and tell me. Uh, I was very pissed at him for a while. I thought I told you. Nope, nope. Well, I saw you like every weekend. I don't know how that would have happened. Nope, you did not tell me. Mm. You said, oh, I didn't think it was a big deal. Oh, mm, okay. Well, it's just my fucking whole childhood crush. <laughs> now we get into where Hayden I Pinatier. started the honorable mentions. Okay. And they are honorable mentions for a reason. Okay. Remind you, we are talking childhood, so they are animated. <laughs> <laughs> but when I say the first one. And why is it Lois now, from Family Guy? Now you, no, it's not. <laughs> now, you, this is this is not a shot. This is, for, for to put some perspective on it, as soon as I start bringing up animated movies, I expect Tyler to say he has not seen majority of these. Because mm-hmm. that's usually how it goes. I just don't watch a bunch of animated movies. Meg from Hercules. Never seen it. Was bad. Okay? We've gotten to the point where it's clear I trust his judgment, and she was probably fine. Well, while you go to your next one... Okay. I'm going to skip Shakira, because it clearly it's Shakira. I'm going to skip. My number eight is Gretchen Wilson. Really? Gretchen Wilson. Wow. Bad as hell. That's Meg from Hercules. Smash. There you go. All day like long. Said, Meg but, from Hercules had it going on. Oh, yes. But I'm talking about... I never... You know what I'm talking about, Gretchen Wilson? Whoa. Yeah, I do know what you're talking, you know what I'm talking about. about? It still oh, surprised me. Boys. What were we? Maybe 13 years old? Not so I don't know, pop? but she had she had like obviously redneck woman. But she was she like had dirty like country tight, hot. The tight jeans and the and like the crop top camo crop top I on. I call it wife beater. It's a tank top, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. No. You're that's looks like she would bum a chew off me. Strong. Exactly. Or take it out of your mouth. Yes. While you're smooching. Hot. <laughs> I don't know that that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but I get where you're coming from. I thought she was fine as wine. Now, you might know this one. This is the last one that I have written down. I'm a redneck woman. I know. Also animated broad. from okay. a Disney show. Okay. Give me Kim Possible. Oh, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. I'm talking, I'm talking about talking yes. about <laughs> Kim Possible. Good stuff. Beep, 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 beep. Yes. Oh, I remember. And fuckable for sure. <laughs> It sounds terrible when you say it about a cartoon. Okay, and my number nine, not a lot of y'all are going to fucking catch on to this one, but she was popping back in our day, mm. and a porn star. Uh-oh. But I saw her on a TV show, randomly. Context matters. Context does matter. It was a random, I randomly was flipping through the channel when I first got home from school, 
Everybody knows before my dad got home, it was free for all. I could do whatever I wanted before <laughs> prison started. Uh, and I happened to stumble across Tila Tequila. But another, another dirty one. Dirty. Dirty person. Like, I'm looks about, unclean. I'm talking about Rob Deerdeck. Dirty girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we used to watch the shit out of Robin Big. Robin Big was the that shit. That was the best show. Yes. Did not know how much Big and Rob did not get along. Yeah, no. Till way long yeah. after. But well, people let me tell you about my best friend. Yeah. Tequila Tequila. So bad. Forgot all about that. So bad. What was that double shot of love? Yes. What it was called? Yes. Yeah. That stupid love app. Love fucking movie. She was show. weird. But bad. But I can see how she got there. She's bad agent. On the list. I'm about it. What you got? That, no, Is that, that it? That all right, all cool. Avril Levine was one I really anticipated you having on there. Really anticipated you having it, it on there. It did come to mind. I did think about it, but I, I think it was just the times. Like she went with that like grunge scene. Like yes. it, was, it was the whole the thing. Scene. But like her, when I stopped and I pictured her, I did not put her on the list. My front didn't necessarily feel it. funny. I don't hate it. Felt confused. It was a little confused. Like little is concerned. she hot or is she not? A little concerned. That's what my front did. Yeah. But my honorable mention, Ashanti. Oh, that's a good one. She was bad. I had Gabrielle Union. As well. Also bad. Still bad. But Ashanti was fucking bad, bad. Also still bad. Still bad, yes. It's a good list. Only thing that freaked me out, she had really hairy arms. I always <laughs> noticed it in the music videos. She had super hairy arms, sort of like most, it's not racist, most Hispanic chicks, like they're uh-huh. just a little hairier than some other chicks who uh-huh. gives you shit, but that was the only thing. Whenever I'd see her in a music video, I'd be like, God, Lord, God, her <laughs> arms are hairy as hell, but she was fine as wine. Absolutely. Yes. We hope you enjoyed the uh, front funny segment. <laughs> hope it blew you guys uh, back to the past a little bit. Those of y'all that are around our age were probably like, holy shit, I forgot I about I just them. hope from this that somebody goes into a friend or friend group and says, hey, you remember that so-and-so from that? And yes. you bring up somebody that we mentioned that you had forgotten about. We hope yes. you have brightened your day Fuck and yes. your front. And your front. <laughs> <laughs> Can we shout out Gronk? Uh, no. Why can't we shout out Gronk? You can. He's I'll a man of the people. He's I'll just like no us. He's just like us. First off, I love the USA commercials he's in. It makes oh, me I, laugh. I can't stand it makes it. me laugh every time whenever he's like, oh, I'm special. It makes me laugh every he time. Might be. Because Macy's always like, wow, why is he making fun of himself? I'm like, Dakota enjoys it. He loves it. Because Gronk's just like, he's he's taking the punches. You know what I mean? He's like, you're, you're, you you got to be special. And he's like, well, I'm special. And just looks at the camera like. <laughs> he's a fucking I fucking idiot. love it. However. Rob Gronkowski was asked on what real job he would get, other than f- football, of course, clearly. Mm. And he said, "I used to cut the lawn growing up, and then I was just talk, and then I was just walking over here, and I saw all the people that take care of the lawn here at the field. I'm like, man, that's cool. I've always wanted to do that. You know, the finished product after you mow the lawn. That's what Rob Gronkowski said. He would be a lawnmower. Well, I've always said that if it was sustainable and I could make enough money throughout the year, I would do landscaping. Absolutely, I thoroughly enjoy it." My it buddy is in Arizona. A fucking bajillion dollars. Yes, my buddy in Arizona is making a fucking killing doing landscaping. Oh, there's definitely geographical areas where you can do that consistently and make a killing at it. I don't know. That Especially in the desert where they don't have yards, so you right. just put up turf and, and make the shit cool as fuck. Yeah. But shout out to Gronk for being a average everyday dude. I've always loved Gronk. Dakota does not like him at all. I don't. I fucking love him. And also, I wanted to shout out Debo Samuel for taking that picture on the star. Because that was that, fucking that awesome. Was, I thought it was... Look at it. I thought I, it was fake. So did I. Yes. It looks photoshopped. It was fantastic. How awesome is that fucking picture, dude? I How, do respect the fact that he waited until pretty much everybody was off the field. 
Because you don't need to just pour salt in the fucking No, 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 no. They were, like, the the nor, in a normal game, if you have a game-winning drive or something, especially if he catches the game-winning touchdown, fuck it. Run over there, yep. lay down. In the horrific fashion that that game ended for Dallas and Dallas fans, the people throwing However shit. much Dakota and I enjoyed it. Yeah, no. Respect for waiting, reading the room. I want to get this picture for me and social media, but... I don't want to pour salt in the wound that is the Dallas Cowboys. That is one of the coolest fucking pictures ever. Niners fans will have that printed out and up on their fucking walls. That shit T. is T.O. legendary. saw that picture and was like, fuck, should have done that. <laughs> I don't quite think so. Can't get knocked on your feet if you're laying down. Yeah, that was one of the most cool pictures I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, also on the Arkansas front before we start talking NFL, apparently we're stuck with Kendall Browns again. So, don't know why everybody's freaking out saying, oh my God, I'm so glad he's staying here. Okay, whatever. It's the, it's the unknown. I know, you're right. Me and Dakota talked on the phone, and I said, you know what? You're right, because he, t- he told me that. He's like, well, would you rather play the field and see what we might end up with? <laughs> no. No, you're right. Arkansas. I would rather have Kendall Browse. Seen a John L. Smith or two that would make you okay. Like Every it- time I see this, I die. Look. <laughs> 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 Photo of Kendall Browse with letters across his forehead. I'm about to run into a loaded box so motherfucking loud. <laughs> <laughs> that meme will play forever, because you can put whatever you want on it, and it's hilarious. It is. But we're getting Kendall Browse. Apparently, Miami was offering him. They offered him twice to be their OC. Turned it down both times. Um, Which I think I, mean, I can get behind. I can get behind Kendall Browse being our OC for for the net foreseeable future. I can get behind it. I it pisses me off his choices most times, but our offense did improve drastically. The only thing that helps is him clearly wanting to be here now. If a different school had offered him, maybe he leaves. I don't know. But like we talked about before, people transferring out it sucks. But like the people that are left. At the end of the season or beginning of the season, that's the ride or dies. Want to be here? Yep. He clearly wants to be here, and he led the SEC in rushing, so that helps. But also, apologies to the uh, corner coach. Yeah, we we had thought that he was the reason DBs were transferring out. After Catalan and several others came out and said, "No, we love this fucking dude, Carter." I take it back. <laughs> Stand up, dude. Just an intense, apparently an intense energy. And you don't want a bunch of yes men on your coaching staff. Well, that, and people these days are not prepared for that. That aren't just super fucking real and, and direct. Like, that's the kind of shit you want. And that apparently being he, said, is, he is one of those. If you'd like to come on here and talk about it, go for it. Go oh, for it. yeah. We're very direct uh, people. So I'd enjoy that conversation a lot. But I take it back. You are just, you know, very, what do they call that? Uh, forward, whatever you want to call it. Sort of a... Uh, like Bray Cook mentioned earlier in the in, in our interview that we had with him, uh, a very Petrino mindset. Mm, very, I'm keeping real. Stern, be very stern. And people thought that was just rubbing people the wrong way. It is not. So take it back. Fouché and them just didn't want to be here. They always want to be at LSU. All right, cool. See you. Pop smoke. You want to do get the NF fucking hell? Yes. We have to do recap and then we can precap Saturday's games. We're gonna record again before Sunday's games. Yeah. But we got to precap Saturdays. Yeah. So we're going to talk NFL here. NFL fucking hell. I have to say okay. a couple things before we get into these games. Do it. I told you earlier in the week I had a quarterback in mind that I was surprisingly okay oh, with. Oh, yeah. yeah, a yeah. Bridge quarterback. I was supposed to remind you. A bridge quarterback, mind you. I'm not talking about. And maybe we'll see what could happen. Forgot all about him. Mariota. No. That name comes up a lot. Mr. Bisky. I don't hate it. I would hate that. I don't hate it. I would hate he it took so Matt much. Matt Nagy, and I, I know the defense was good. Twelve and four. He would be ridiculously cheap right now. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. 
What other? I don't think you want those problems, dude. We have those problems. You could draft somebody with the potential that Trubisky has. But the, but if they don't, is what I'm saying. Okay. If you're going after a quarterback to get to a better draft class, and you're going to spend your money elsewhere, because this is the most money the Steelers have ever had to spend. You fix your offensive line. You go defense in the draft, or vice versa. Don't care what it is. You get Trubisky on the cheap. You let him compete with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Because, <laughs> surprise, Matt Canada will not be let go as the offensive coordinator. So, Steelers we're fans, fucked anyway. Put your head back down in the fucking sand. We're fucked anyway. I want... Back up a little bit. I am okay with Mr. Trubisky. About to say, you sure? Now, he's in a great spot. Bills are in a great spot. You have a competent, previously starting quarterback in the NFL as your backup to Josh Allen. So the chances of that happening, uh, pretty much zero. I have not heard anything about it, and they have. Maybe thrown, you get Bortles, and they have. I take that. They Bortles? have thrown just about everybody's name into the hat for Pittsburgh potentially. Also, a lot of people, a lot of people voicing their opinion on you guys getting Liberty quarterback. It's funny you say that. I Willis. At, I looked at a mock draft today showing the Giants taking him at five, which would be fucking hysterical. That is hilarious. It also shows that would drop crowd for you. It also shows the football team taking a lot of quarterbacks, which means. Which means taking a, is available. Yep. And you would love that. I would fucking love that. You're absolutely right. Let's talk about Wild Card Weekend. Some crazy motherfucking outcomes. Did we talk about it last Sunday? Did we even record on Sunday? Yes. So we talked about... Oh, we didn't get to talk about Sunday's games. No, everything, right. most things were on Sunday. Okay. So we'll talk about Sunday's games then. Did we talk about Saturdays? Yeah, we did. Yep. No. No, we didn't because Kansas City was Saturday and we haven't talked about that. I know that for a fact. What did we talk about? Couldn't tell you. Don't remember. I know. Let's just recap the whole wild card weekend. <laughs> while a lot of blowouts. While you're pulling that up, I want to talk about how much I am fucking tired of all these graphics that pop up that say, oh, the top games, the top games this year, the Cowboys games are one through 10. Guess what? The Cowboys are on TV every fucking week we don't have a choice you are going to have higher ratings for cowboys games it ain't because everybody wants to watch the goddamn cowboys it's because we have to it's nfl if it's on we're gonna watch it yep fuck out of here also i got into it with cowboys fans on twitter apparently we did talk about raiders being saying that and bill's patriots we did i made a comment about the end of the cowboys niners game that we'll get to and i was called a hater because i pointed out that they lost in fantastic fashion I'm going to tell you something for Cowboys fans that believe that there are just a shit ton of Cowboys haters out there because the Cowboys, a hater would imply that they are mad at your success. Right. We you are haters of the Bills, or uh, of the Patriots. Right. Haters of the Bucks, Haters of the Lakers. You don't the have the success to have haters. The Cowboys haters that you're referring to are because of you. It is Cowboys fans that people make fun of. It is Cowboys fans that people hate. It is Cowboys fans that get on everybody's goddamn nerves because every year is your fucking year that and we of, damn boys get the fuck out of here with that shit. That sense of entitlement shit is what makes us hate you. It's not success because you barely have any. When you are at the bottom of graphics with the likes of the Bengals and all insert shit team here with playoff success over the last 20 years, you ain't got any haters. Sorry. Yeah, no. Anyway. Had so, to get that off my chest. Sunday, early game with the, was the Bucks Eagles. Grow up. They barely covered. The Bucks barely covered the fucking spread against the Eagles, who are fucking god awful. 
Also, wake up call to you Eagles uh, fans out there. Tyler told you so. Jalen Hurts fucking blows. He is so bad at football, it is painful to watch. It's it's sort of, you know, the, the funny things they like to say about Carson Wentz with the whole walk it to him and roll it to him, Wentz. My funny thing that I like to say is when I watch Jalen play football, my eyes hurts. Oh, okay. That's gets clever. That's my funny, my funny, cool, funny little thing to say. Also, we need he's to, so bad. We need to address when you say they barely covered. They did beat them thirty-one to fifteen. The game was not close. Oh, I thought it said thirty-one to eighteen. No, it was a twelve-point spread, and I thought they won by thirteen. Okay, never mind. Even if it was, that game was never. It was never a doubt of how that game was going to go. Nothing in that game impressed me though. Nothing. I didn't need to. They got a buy without getting a buy. Similar to the Chiefs. Hmm. I guess I respect the Steelers a lot more than most do. Well, you were just flat out wrong. I told I told you this was going to happen. That's not the potential they have. They have, they have uh, skill position. That's what I'm trying to think of. Mm. They have skill position players who are good enough to where the team could be good. Also, has been good v- for the last 15 years. So I just give them fucking respect. The problem is both of their coordinators are terrible. They can't stop the run. They can't move the fucking football. They can't run block for shit. I, I remember, I listened back to it to make sure. I said, I don't give a shit if the line is 20. They'll cover. And what was the score? We'll talk about this in the Chiefs 21. We're talking, what's 9 plus 10? 21. 21. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. No, not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bucks won. Wasn't impressed. For instance, Tom Brady's QBR was 52. I was not fucking impressed. You know what the headline is when you go on ESPN? Tom Brady throws for two touchdowns and win against the Eagles. Fuck all the way off. You got to find some. He had a 52 QBR. He was sacked four times and could have been five or six, but he threw it away. That's 29 joke. completions, 200, 270 yards. What, what, what the fuck are we doing? Average of seven? What, 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 I, no, I'm not impressed. I expected a shellacking. I expected Chief Steelers score for I get going against the Eagles. But we didn't get it. I'm not impressed. And you know what? You know what's going to happen on Sunday? This Is it Saturday or Sunday? You know what's going to happen this Saturday? The Los Angeles Rams are going to come into your fucking house and they're going to dethrone Tom Brady. Sunday. Sunday. The Rams, spoiler for what our next segment's going to be, Rams are going to win. Gentleman's bet. Gentleman's motherfucking bet. Did you have anything from the Bucks eagles No? no. Cool. Game Niners-Cowboys was awesome. If... You are not a Cowboys fan. If you're a Cowboys fan, I know I went off on a rant a minute ago about Cowboys fans. There would there is no other possible end to that game that could have made me feel bad for Cowboys fans. That made me feel sick to my stomach for Cowboys fans. It made me so happy. I was cheering like everybody else when it happened. I was laughing at Dak. <laughs> I was laughing at Mike McCarthy's stupid fucking face. Rick's face was in your head. But was Rick's face in your head? I mean, he he is lumped in with Cowboys fans. I think of him specifically because I'm around him quite often. And maybe that's where the pain for them came from because I knew he was fucking sick and he would have been He like, was hurting. Oh, but I know he was like, I fucking knew this shit was going to happen. Like he, before that Tell game started. Tell him what Rick was calling Dak. Dak Romo? <laughs> <laughs> he, and he was saying it in conversation. It wasn't like, a, oh, I thought of calling this. In normal conversation, he just kept saying Dak Romo. And I was like, what are you fucking saying? He was like, what? He, he put, there's Dak Romo, not Dak Prescott. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but before that game, I said, Niners are a problem. And he said, nah. Like, completely wrote them off. 
even still, I knew when it happened. He's like, I fucking knew it. These, and he said, when I saw him, what would we see him? Monday? No, uh, Tuesday or so. He said. I thought you had dinner with him on Monday. Maybe it was Monday. He said, the problem is, I thought they were going to suck going into the season. And then they just kept winning, and they fucking sucked me back in. And then what happens? The same thing that always happens. They blow it in the playoffs. I'm here to tell you, this is not what always happens. It is, but it's not. Like, this was a special kind of fuck up. Yeah, on so many levels. And also, we're not going to sit here and call Kellen Moore the boy, the boy genius, the play caller. No, he's an absolute fucking well, dunce. And then blame Mike McCarthy. Well, I'm all for it, and I think he should be fired. And if you come up there after the game when asked about it and you say, well, that's what the analytics, analytics told us, that's a suggestion. If I was Jerry Jones and I'm firing Mike McCarthy, the OC is going to. They will not do that. I don't think. I don't necessarily because that offense was a fucking joke in the playoffs. It was, and I don't know. And and we know Mike McCarthy has a history of taking over play calling and giving it back. And I don't know if that's what happened here. He usually voices it that he's taking it over so that if it succeeds, everybody knows about it. Maybe he learned his lesson and did it in the shadows. But <laughs> that was fucking terrible. As soon as Dak tucked the ball, I said, "What are you doing? Oh my God, he's still gonna go. He's still running." Go down. I thought he was just going to run to the first down, knee it real quick. Here it is. Spike it. Call it good. Nope. Just kept on trying to get yards. As so, when when Jimmy Grapes overthrew that pass, I was like, oh, oh. here we go. It's going to happen again. And then here comes the Cowboys. And I was like, they're going to fucking win this game. I thought it was going to be a blowout early because it was like 22 to 7 or some shit. It was bad. I thought they were dead. And then... I was like, the fucking Cowboys are going to come back in this miraculous comeback, win the game, and we're going to hear about no, the damn I, fucking I, boys again. I thought Jimmy G was going to fucking hand it away, and he almost did. Oh, what I'm saying, at the that last, the last that started the Cowboys' final drive, the pick that should have been a pick season, six. Yes. Yeah. When that started, I thought they had it in, in the back. I did too. When Dak took off running, I still thought they had it. In the I back. knew it was over. When he kept running, I knew they were fucked. And then when he did what everybody like, and, and the thing is, like you you seek out the fucking ref. You give him the goddamn hand ball. him the ball every time. I get it. Like shit's flowing. You're not thinking about it. But this has happened this year. Like Chase Claypool did this this year, and it was a fucking story on all kinds of fucking media outlets that he just wanted to do a celebration dance, didn't give the ref the ball, which he did. What's I'm saying? Yeah. No. That so was, yeah, it was in the forefront of everybody's mind this year, and Dak just did it again, and everybody's like, "Well, the ref spotted the ball two or three times and fucked him." He had no idea where the ball was supposed to be spotted. He ran up and pushed, pushed Dak, whatever, trying to get to the goddamn ball because he knew they were out of fucking time and he was going to get shit for it. Why the ref from the fucking other end zone was the one that had to come spot the ball, I don't know. But the fucking logic, the, the decision-making, which Mike McCarthy consistently has been talking about how bad his clock management is, that is all-time bad. Like, that is a fireable offense, in my opinion. He has got to fucking go. Who do you bring in? I don't know. It's the fucking Cowboys. I feel like you could take your pick. You could get about anybody you want as the next coach. Agreed. And it's because of Jimmy Grape's almost <laughs> inevitable blow of the game that I have no faith in them against Green Bay. Nick Bosa, I did see, is playing. Is that he? is huge. And that Fred that Warner is supposed to be fine. So those are two injuries that looked terrible in yes. the beginning. And I know it's the playoffs. You'll play through some stuff, but those two didn't look like through didn't look like play throughable injuries. Elijah Mitchell was just carving them up. Yes, Debo Samuel was carving them up. Yes, and he is going to get so fucking paid. Yes, I think his contract negotiations will stall. Like it'll drag on because, like, how do you how do, like if I'm him? How do you value that? Right. It, it's similar to the Le'Veon Bell. 
Pittsburgh situation where he's like, I want to be paid as a running back and a receiver because he genuinely was yeah. both. The, but it was a running back who could catch the ball. Like That is a more normal thing than a receiver who can run the ball. Being a planned thing in the run game successfully. Yeah. And uh, and he can pass. Like it, there's no way. There's no. There's no. Uh, yep. Uh huh. There's no precedent that's been set for that sort that sort of player. Like you have nothing to there's stand no on. No real model to go off right. of. So I expect that to be a, not an ugly thing, but like a drawn out situation. Definitely, as be. it should be. Uh, then we got Steelers Chiefs. Yeah. But, surprise. It's exactly what I told you. Was Boy, there happen. at the end of the first quarter, I was ready to hang myself. I said out loud when TJ scooped and scored that, that was the highlight of the game. There is nothing that's going to happen that is going to end up being better than and that. And what did I tell you last time we recorded? Andy Reid could be our fucking downfall. And I told you, it doesn't fucking matter. Well, he tried to make it matter, didn't he? And it didn't fucking matter. Also, take notes that Dan Sorensen was on the field almost the entire game. What in the holy fuck are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, if you watch film, you you can put warm bodies out there. We can't fucking score points. We just can't. You scored twenty one of them all to, in fucking garbage time. With whom they scored that one that made it James Washington regularly. Where did his hands come from all of a sudden? He has had sure hands the whole time. He just he was he, mossing. He folks. just runs down the fucking field. He won't be on the team next year. No, he's. I think he'll get. You think he'll get paid? Not pay paid, but like, no. You think he'll be on a roster next year? Yeah. But I don't think you'll hear about it. He'll make a play in some game and he'll, like, he, like he's I'm been. I'm also excited for Braxton Berrios, who. When everybody had the fucking drops. He's a free agent, too. James Washington had the sure hands. <clears throat> and yeah, he took the deep shot. And Man, Sammy the, Coates did not work, did it? No. The fact that he's going to be gone next year when Mason Rudolph is inevitably going to be the starter, I, I'm, I'm all for him, not, not all for. I understand him not being in the future plans for the Steelers. But if Mace Rudolph's going to be your quarterback, that is his guy. Like, you drafted them in the same draft class from the same team for a reason. Like, both of their success was due to the other in college. Without one or the other, I don't know that either one of them get drafted. Not nearly that high. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I struggle with that. The unsung hero in this was Jarrett McKinnon. Yeah. He was a fucking... He was. I loved him when he was with San Francisco. I always tried to get in fantasy. He could catch the ball. Good runner. I've said, I've said this many times on this fucking show. Jarek McKinnon should be the number one back for us. Darrell Williams, whenever he's healthy, is my favorite back because he's an draft guy at LSU and he runs well. Mm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is third on the goddamn depth chart for yeah. me. Now, the only thing I will say for your sake that you should be wary of, and I think I agree with Jarek McKinnon being probably your best option because he, he, he can pass and run. And he can, or yeah, sorry, he yeah, can yeah, catch, he can and, catch run. and run. The Steelers haven't stopped anybody. Like, you, no, we, I how many times we talk about the size of the holes that fucking? Open I mean, they up. stopped Nick Chubb. Yeah. That was a that was a big Ben thing. That was the last hoorah situation. Well, they locked his motherfucking ass down. Well, and they just didn't give him the ball. And when they did, he was launching whole bodies <laughs> into the ground. Correct. Maybe give it to him a little more, but that's right. the Browns. Um, I think the juggernaut has been awoken. It was as if like Pittsburgh once they scored a touchdown, they were like, "Oh shit, okay, all right, boy, we got a real okay Does time he, to fucking go." I mean, maybe, but here's where you're here's where you here's what you're not realizing. I'm talking myself up because I'm very concerned for our next game. Well, you should be. What happened was the defense scored. What happened was, and then y'all started scoring, and it seems like you ran away this way and shut everything down. When in reality, our offense never had a chance to fucking score. They're terrible. T.J. Watt, maybe they should have played him on offense in that game. Something to think about. 
because he tried to be tackled and he was not being stopped on the way to that fucking end zone. No, Travis Kelsey tried to make it look like he was going to try to tackle him, but he wanted no parts of it. If I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back and find it. I thought about it when it happened. I'm going to go back and find Travis Kelsey flying this way and TJ running this way, and I'm going to screenshot it. I'm going to print it out in a nice frame, and I'm going to put it somewhere where I can see it every fucking day. And I will find a Sharpie and write the score on that combination of my two favorite things, TJ Watt and Travis Kelsey being And taking an L. You say that like it's going to matter. <laughs> I'm I just told trying to get you a before fucking the fucking you. game, you, but you won't. Everybody at work did this too. Oh, are you recovering well? From fucking what? <laughs> they had. They should not have been there. They should not have won nine games. I don't understand how people are mis- misunderstanding this. They stink. And From they stink, stink, what? stunk. <laughs> Bear said the same thing. You recovering all right? I'm fine. I'm, I've been fine. Now, there is some news that we got to talk about that concerns me because I thought what we're going to have to rely on against Josh Allen is athletic linebackers who can keep up. Yep. And number one being Willie Gay because he's athletic, run, fast, very, very fucking strong young linebacker. Got arrested last night. Yeah, I don't think it's going to matter. It was only a Class B misdemeanor. He broke a goddamn vacuum cleaner. And he, you get arrested for it because it was someone else's fucking property. So he got arrested for breaking a goddamn vacuum. Yeah, he may get the smack on the PP. You're not starting and come in the second play. But I think I don't think it matters. I think if it would have been a felony, it's a whole different issue. Absolutely. But I still think he would have played. His court date was, was today at one thirty. I don't know the outcome of it. I have no idea. Uh, Probably because he walked into the courtroom and they said, see you later. Get yeah, the fuck out of you here. broke a vacuum, dude. See ya. No. But um, we had to talk about it just because it happened. But I am, how you say, nervous <laughs> for Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> also, I have a slight feeling that we're going to blow their fucking doors off. Do you? Yes. Unlikely, I think. I, think either, I don't know who's going to win that game. I think it's definitely going to be close because I don't think either one of those teams are ever out of the game. No, I definitely get that. But I think it's the revenge tour for Kansas City and what everyone's talking about is, remember week five? Remember week five? When they beat the fucking yeah, Remember Bay last Sox year in the playoffs? Right. So but the revenge tour thing is on their side, not it, yours. No, it's everywhere. A- analysts, it's uh, everywhere professional except the media, teams. every single person out there is taking the bills and talking about how they're going to dismantle uh, Kansas City like they did in week five. This is not a joke. I'm not making I'm not this saying up. it's not a joke, but I'm saying the, like revi- a ton of people. the revenge tour thing only matters for the team, and I guarantee you the Bills care about losing the playoffs more than Kansas City gets a shit about losing the week five. I don't know. The picture of, of Diggs fucking standing there with the confetti thing, like that, they were fucked up about that, as they should have been. I have no idea who wins this game. I think there's almost no chance that anybody gets blown out. I think it's going to be a fucking... Race to the goddamn finish. Vegas has as one. I can't wait. Vegas has as one and a half to Kansas City, but that is complete disrespect to us because every home game gets three. So Vegas will come out and say three point favorites is the home team. That's what they always do. They are shitting down our throats and putting us at one and a half, but trapping betters by putting it at plus one hundred to take the Bills, which would lead people. It's usually a one ten, no matter what. It's a one ten. It's a 100, which, according to how it was explained to me by somebody who bets a lot that we know, is a trap bet because they think Kansas City's going to cover. So it's a, it's a trap because a bunch of people are coming out and betting on the Bills. It's a trap because Vegas thinks Kansas City will cover. Cover one and a half? Yeah. They, they lower it down to make it look like it's more of a toss-up game. Yeah, that's All the money's line, going man. on the Bills. But they think Kansas City's going to cover it. But that's how it was broke down to me. But... My, I got Kansas City. I will be watching through the fucking finger holes on my hand. <laughs> um, 
Because just like you said, neither team is ever completely out. It would be in your best interest to go down early in that game. Absolutely. For sure. I do not want to be the team that's up 17-0 in the first quarter. If you go up like 14-3, you're fucked. I wouldn't say fucked, but we're in a bad spot. Yeah, real bad spot. Because Andy Reid's about to get cute. <laughs> hey, we're not. Dan Sorensen's about to start. We're in a playoff game against the Bills. We got a eight-point lead, let's say. Hey, Travis, you want to throw a touchdown? You want to try to throw it? All right, go out there. Hey, let's do that thing where Mahomes goes out as a receiver and pretend to run around. Let's do that. You fucking dipshit. That's why I've always respected Jay Keller. Uh, and then Cardinals, Rams, Monday night, gross. Yeah, no, that was terrible. Ew. I'm talking about, whoa. What was that? I'm throw it drink some water. I'm talking about fairly odd parents, icky vicky. Gross. Nasty. Also, Wanda, slightly doable. That's what, No. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> no, but Timmy's mom, yes. No. Yes. I'm at the, I'm at the, we're going to, there's a fork in the road here. We've gone separate directions. It My was gross. fear, the, all that Monday night game for me was make me fear the matchups this weekend. Because on paper, all the matchups this weekend should be good. So should have that. I had the Rams winning easily. That was a fucking I have no rate. faith in Kyler Murray at all. But that, we have no faith in the Rams either. They could be either team at any time. Both, matter of fact, Rams and Cardinals both, you have no fucking idea which team's going to show up. The wrong teams just showed up at the same time for the Cardinals. Yep. 34 to 11, Rams beat the Cardinals, and it was never, no. It was never a 23 point game. It was fucking 55. It was ugly, gross, his, it was disgusting. Bad. Let's precap Saturday. Okay. Bengals at Titans. They open up as Tennessee three and a half point favorites. What say you? And they don't know if Derrick Henry's playing yet or not. Everything inside me says the Bengals are going to win that game. So I'm picking the Titans. Are you really? Gentleman's bet. Gentleman's bet. Everything I got to ride the me, big dick burrow energy. Everything inside me says the Bengals should win that game. The fact that the Titans just find a way to win games, they're going to have Derrick Henry back. Maybe. They wouldn't have that line if somebody didn't know something. I told you every home game gets three. That fucking, I don't care. If, without Derrick Henry, home game or not, that game shouldn't be very close. But the Titans find a fucking way. The Bengals are a fun team to watch. They're explosive. They have all the pieces. They're a young team. And I could I see them being just outsmarted. If you give me Vrabel or Zach Taylor, I'm taking Vrabel. I mean, the Jets, beat, the Jets beat the Titans. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm aware of that. There's been a lot of teams. That, we beat the fucking Bills. Week one. Yeah. So, like I said, everything inside me says Bengals. I'll take the Titans. Okay. Niners at Packers. Packers. Five and a half point spread. You think they cover? Yes. Agreed. I think this is one of the, like, every time everybody says Aaron Rodgers warped the scorched earth shit, that game, was it two years ago, when they got torched by the Niners on the ground? That is still there. The fact that he may potentially be going to San Francisco to play next year. He's going to put his stamp on it. He's going to win on the way out. Yep. And we'll see what happens in the offseason. I'm taking the Packers to cover. Agreed. We can talk Sundays if you want, or we just wait till Sunday to talk about Sundays. Well, we got to have something to talk about on Sunday. Okay. Now let's talk about it now. Okay. First game's Rams at Bucks. Tampa, three-point favorites because they're home. I'm taking Tampa. I'm not gentlemen's bet. Against, gentlemen's bet. I'm not betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I'm not betting against the Bucks. Like the 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 Bucks have had 
games where they have not been as good as we know they are capable of. The Rams have had bad games. Yes, it, they have. I don't know that I've seen a just flat-out bad game by the Bucks. That's that's the logic behind it. I did. It's now, the Saints. If the fucking it was nine to zero, right? But that, I don't. And I don't know why that's the thing. Like the fucking Saints with the, with Tom Brady or the Bucks, whatever it is, is goddamn confusing. If Sam, if Sam, oh, Sam Bradford, I almost said Sam Bradford. If Matt Stafford, you see how I got there, kind of similar. If he plays what he's capable of, could I see the Rams winning? Absolutely, fucking lutely. Like any of these games, I could see going either way. I trust the Bucks to come out and be the right team more than the Rams. Give me the Rams. <laughs> Bills at Chiefs, Kansas City one and a half point favorites. Preston tried to get me into a bet with this game today at work. I didn't take it because I genuinely have no idea who's going to win this game. You're obviously going to take the Chiefs, absolutely. So I'm going to take the Bills. That's fine. Gentlemen's bet it. But I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. I could see a tight game. Would it absolutely shock me if one of the other got blown out? Eh. Like, both offenses are very capable of a blowout. I just don't see it happening. I think it's going to be the game that everybody expected out of some of these other games down to the fucking whoever gets the ball last type of shit. Whoever doesn't make a fucking turnover. Whoever has the least amount of turnovers that controls the turnover uh, margin. I think this is going to be enough up-tempo offense that there's a possibility of both teams turning the ball over. Possibly. I'm, I'm very excited for this game. Yes. This game and Packers-Niners... I can't fucking wait for Definitely it. the best two games. Because I'm going to say it. The winner of those two games going to the Super Bowl. And I'm including the Niners in that. Only because the Niners against the winner of Bengals-Titans, I'm probably going to take the Niners. Except they won't play the winner of, oh, okay, I see what you're saying, okay. If okay. they beat the Packers. Then you just assume they're going to win the next round and go to the Super Bowl. Correct. I don't see the Niners being able to hang with the Bucks or Rams. Well, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I, the way it's broke down is Saturday and Sunday, so I was thinking Bengals-Titans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to say that then. Because I don't think either the Bengals or the Titans can hang with either the Chiefs or the Bills. Those will be closer than the Niners if the Niners beat the Packers and play Bucks or Rams. Like the, the Bengals or yeah. Titans against yeah. the, the AFC Championship will be closer than the, the NFC, NFC Championship, unless it's the Packers, <clears throat> unless it's Bucks Packers. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll be able to recap Saturday's games on Sunday. Motherfucking right. Once again, thank you to Bray Cook Absolutely. for talking to us. If you like, it's about to say at the end of this. Please subscribe if you have not, and please check out our YouTube where you can watch the Bray Cook interview. Had quite the setup. We, he did have a very impressive. He setup. was prepared. He was. He does use the same mic as us, so I feel pretty official. Yeah, we got we did not use ours. No. Because normally it's just a you know, nice little how you do an operation. He was prepared. He was very official. Which we do appreciate. Yes. Looking forward to linking up and hanging out with old Bray Cook. Absolutely. Be a good time. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I got nothing else. Show's over. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our website, www.slightlybiasedsports.com, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. And if you haven't told your friends, you're wrong. <laughs>